Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Next Level Nerd uh, Sportscast. Uh, this is, uh, it's been a couple weeks since we uh, came out to you. Um, uh, my colleague, of course, is Frank Conti. I am Bronson Allman. Uh, Frank, it's been a couple weeks. I've had to, you know, digest a, not only just hockey, uh, you know, the playoffs, but uh, a lot of sports coming out of crunch time, a lot of big uh, events here in the NBA and, and, and tennis, golf, you know, all the sports, you know, NFL coming around. Uh, uh, what's your state of mind as we hit uh, the beginning, the middle, middle of September, actually, right you know, beginning of middle of September? Well, Bronson, happy to be here with you. Um, happy to be back with the listeners, uh, the NLN Sportscast. Uh, like you said, it's been a few weeks, a lot to catch up on. Uh, watching some NHL playoffs, getting down to crunch time. The NBA is getting close to the finals. Um, baseball's in full swing with their abbreviated season. And the NFL right around the corner as well as college football. Um, during the pandemic, it was kind of depressing. We talked about it where a couple sports nuts like you and I really had nothing to do for three, four months there. And somehow we still had a show, which is a testament to that us that we can just kind of talk about anything. But uh, so excited now that uh, everything is back and it's championship season. And even the smaller sports, like you mentioned, golf had the PGA championships, uh, the, the, the tour playoffs, tennis, the U.S. Opens uh, nearing the the finals. Um, we're going to, we're going to have the masters move to, I believe November this year. So that's a couple months away. The Kentucky Derby is going to get run as well. So, and I think tennis is going to try to contest the French open still as well, which was normally in June, uh, pushed back to the fall now, but, um, great time to be a sports fan. Uh, despite the pandemic, most sports are back. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of them, uh, tonight and what, uh, Bronson and I have been thinking about every one of them. So just, I was just super excited. We, we waited it out and now, uh, we're getting the reward of, uh, something on every night to, uh, to flip back and forth, multiple games on, um, exciting time of year. So excited to break it all down with you tonight, Bronson. Oh yeah, Frank. And, uh. Like I said, guys, it's been a couple weeks since we had to record, and it's funny because, like, Frank and I were trying to really be consistent and do these uh, NHL playoff predictions, but it's just, you know, Frank and I, obviously, at the summertime and coming, you know, coming down close to an end here, uh, just having a hard time just really getting our schedules kind of coordinated and uh, getting, getting an episode out to you guys. So we basically missed the whole uh, the, the conference sem- uh, semifinals. Uh, so then uh, now we're, you know, game or two in here, and as for any reference, you guys, uh, when we're recording, this is actually 14 minutes, five seconds up in the first period of the Islanders lightning game two here. Uh, so we've been trying to try to keep up, Frank, but it's hard. So we're going to, you know, in the pot, we're going to, you know, since the last episode, uh, recap how our predictions went. And well, I think it's safe to say we can make some predictions today. I mean, uh, one series is one zero, one's one, one. So nothing too out of the ordinary. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do it the rest of the way. That way we, uh, uh, you know, in case we do, you know, with the NFL coming upon us you know, and a lot of the, the summer stuff winding down, you know, who knows when the next episode will be. Like I said, guys, it's end of the summer. And like I said, even though that we are still, you know, during a pandemic, uh, a lot of things are opening up. And so trying to get all those last uh, minute, all those last trips and whatnot and the social summer activities, uh, you know, out of the way as we come down to the, to the, 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 the deep, uh, the, the youth of fall here, Frank. So, 
Um, One point I'd like to make, Bronson, is I know that the um, I, th- I think it went over well. Our NHL, our our, our special playoff edition, a little bit shorter of an episode. I know the uh, this is an attention span world now, and uh, you know I know probably listening to Bronson and myself for two hours can can get boring. So um, you know tonight's a full episode. We want to. <laughs> We want to cover a lot of sports, so we're going to be with you for the good part of a couple hours, probably. But um, maybe we'll do a um, just so we can get together more often. Maybe we'll do a a, a Steelers uh, Steelers only episode to uh, break down their their week one game against the Giants and preview their their week two game against uh, Denver. So yeah. um, maybe maybe you'll see Bronson and I more often where we do um, little mini episodes just to break down one or two topics. So now that football's in full swing, I know that every Steeler game is important. And uh, maybe we'll maybe you'll hear from us next week, and we'll do something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Frank. And I said that's that's part of a lot of the reasons it takes some time for us to get episodes out to you guys. Is that we know we have to put at least an hour or two aside to to, to cover mm-hmm. all. And this and this is what's funny is this is happening during a pandemic. Imagine if we were a full sail ahead on all on all sports here. <laughs> and Frank and I clearly uh, lack of lack of uh, gab is, is certainly not something we uh, <laughs> we have there. So. Um, with, with all, you know, Frank, you mentioned it. So, yeah, we bring some, you know, mini NFL recaps, Steeler recap episodes to you as the season starts. We'll keep you posted when those will be coming up. I'll uh, try to be a little more active in running our social media page and uh, let you guys know when those come out. But, Frank, let's get into it. The NHL playoffs. We are down to the conference finals. And um, I'm going to step outside hockey for a second here and say, uh, I know the NHL PR has released that, you know, they're doing testing, you know, on a very routine, quick basis here, um, and still no, you know, very little. I think no positive te- coronavirus tests for the players. So this is a good sign. It's, it's remarkable. Just, yeah, it's showing that the bubble is working. Um, I've kind of agree with Mark Madness. He's been on his local radio station saying that the bubble works for the rest of the season, but uh, I don't think we see the NHL again next season until we get some sort of clarity in terms of you know you know, arenas and stuff. I don't think these guys are going back into a bubble for next year into the regular mm-hmm. season. I just don't see it, but um, let's just stick with what we have now. And we're down to the, you know, that, that's good. You know, that gives us hope that, you know, we'll, we'll get the season finished and we're down to the conference finals. Frank, it is the Tampa Bay lightning against the New York Islanders. The Islanders went to a seven game uh, drag out, you know, battle Royale with the, uh, with the broad street bullies and, uh, they uh, they probably had a couple chances to put the game away there, but in uh, the, the seventh game they they led uh, they left nothing to chance and really dominated the whole game. They got by the Flyers, Tampa Bay. Uh, it's, I'm blanking out right now who they played. <laughs> who did Tampa play? Boston. It, uh, yeah, they Boston. it, they it Boston. went really quick. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you, you forget about it. They they, yeah. they knocked out the Bruins in five. And like I said, uh, and obviously you know that the, for the Boston side of that, obviously. Um, you know, uh, Tuka Rask got, uh, uh, left the bubble and was, you know, felt he was missing family more than he would miss hockey. And, and obviously, I, I, I commend him on that. I don't know. I'm sure if I can offer his opinion here in a second. You know, it's, if your heart's not completely in it, you're probably doing your teammates a disservice. He left. Halak came in there. And obviously, Halak's performance was a little less than stellar. Tampa beats Boston there. Um, and then the other side of the, the Western Conference, we have the, uh, the Dallas Stars. Um, uh, minus is sadly our hometown uh, hero Stephen Johns, who's still uh, unfit to play. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, maybe if Dallas can uh, 
could get by uh, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights, who they play right now in the series. That series tied at one apiece right now. And maybe they get in the finals, and maybe you know, who knows? We were we're not getting anything of this. The, the PR, the PR and, and coaching staffs so are not giving out any information other than, quote, unfit to play. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Dallas Stars uh, defeated the Colorado Avalanche, Frank, in a, in a, in a very exciting series there. And uh, the Golden Knights um, the Golden Knights had a very uh, very uh, admirable battle with the Vancouver Canucks. So, and, and then that game was almost, uh, you know, that was, and it could have went either way. So uh, four really good teams here, Frank. I'm sure speaking as a bunch of Yinzers, we're, we're glad that our, our rivals aren't in there. I, I think we're all reporting for the Islanders. Um, but uh, just down to the, down to these two two guys, uh, the four teams here, Frank, and uh, just your your reflections on the, basically the, 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 the rounds that uh, led up to these, uh, to this point. Yeah, well, it was a great uh... – it was really exciting hockey in the second round. Uh, like you said, we kind of didn't get on here to make our predictions. Uh, probably for the best, you and I haven't been the uh, too accurate in our our calls this so far this year. But this um, I I was really watching every series um, pretty closely. And one thing that was interesting was, other than that Tampa Boston series, um, every other series went pretty far. Went to seven games, and. Um, with with each of them having a three one lead almost blown. Yeah. Um, we saw the Islanders and the Stars and the Golden Knights all get up three games to one, um, only to see them lose games uh five and six, forcing a game seven. Uh fortunately for those three teams, they all won. So despite uh getting forced to a game seven, we always know that final hurdle, it's it's so hard to come back from three one, even if you win two. Um it's it's so hard to to, to get that seventh game. So uh, all the teams that led three, one uh, avoid that uh, embarrassing moniker of blowing the three, one lead yeah. um, that we see the golden state warriors uh, get made fun of in basketball that one year. So um, it was really exciting hockey. Like you said, I've been rooting for Dallas cause our hometown here is Steven Johns, you know, always rooting for his name to get on the cup, to get maybe a parade and, and womp him in an Elwood city. Um, I'd love to see him be a part of it. Uh, we don't know what the injury is. Uh, but like you said, I'm really hopeful that it's something that he can work back and, you know, sometime maybe this series or next, uh, cause I know Dallas is a little bit weak in that, that final pairing, um, Sekera is a is a veteran that uh, is not as young as he used to be, and uh, they've been going with Taylor Fadoon and uh, John Hanley. Um, John Hanley is a guy that uh, is a career minor leaguer, kind of an AHL player. Um, so getting kind of thin there on the Dallas blue line. I'm sure they'd love to have Stevens physicality um, and, and and ability to uh, eat 20 minutes a night up. So um, still going to root for Dallas because I'm hoping that he can come back. Um, I do like Vegas. The flurry factor is always there. As a Penguin fan, you're like your second favorite team might be Vegas because they have Mark Andre Flurry, obviously a guy that's uh, in our hearts here. But uh, it's hard to root for Vegas because he's not playing. Uh, Robert Leonard is kind of taking the reins there. Uh, he's Pete DeBoer's guy. Uh, we all know that Mike Sullivan's guy is Matt Murray. Other coaches are that way too. Um, and Peter DeBoer has established that Robin Leonard is his guy. Uh, Flurry got some action um, earlier this series, and uh, in the in the the round before against Vancouver, they are kind of giving him a spot start here and there just because of the scheduling. Um, and if Leonard has a bad game, I'm sure Flurry's right there waiting. So it's good to have two guys 
Um, either way, Dallas Vegas, um, like both teams, excited for that Western Conference final. I'm excited to check out game three tomorrow. It's a 1-1 series. Um, on the other side of the coin is Tampa and the Islanders, and I've never been a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. I just kind of <laughs> – they've, they've kind of been the Penguins' nemesis. We did get by them in 2017 uh, or 2016, I think, um, uh, that uh, that offside call. We were lucky to get by them so we could win the Stanley Cup uh, the next round because uh, they always seem to knock out the Penguins. They were without Stamkos then. They're without him now a guy that seems to just get injured at the worst times. I don't know what his prognosis is when he's going to be back, um, if ever, this season. But they're, losing, they're they're missing their captain and arguably best player. So the fact that they're that they're doing this well without him is, is something to behold. But uh, really rooting for the Islanders this series. Uh, yes, they're a team out of the Metro Division that's kind of a Penguin rival, knocked us out last year. But there's not really a guy on the team that I dislike. Um, yeah, I can think of one. Bronson was talking a little bit about Matt Martin earlier off the air, and uh, he's a guy that's always been an agitator, kind of been a thorn in the side of of every team he plays, but probably one of those guys that you'd love him if he was on your team. But uh, yeah, I like the young talent on the Islanders. I love Barzell. I love uh, I, I love Anders Lee, what he's been able to do. Guys like Nelson and Bailey and Sezikis, these guys have just been stalwarts for that Islander team for so long now. And uh, that Barry Trot style, he came in uh, – took over there and and you just see what it is that uh it's that neutral zone trap it's that defensive style and they you know they don't have a a world beater goaltender they kind of have a tandem of 1a and 1b grice and varlamov they've kind of split time this playoff and they're trying to prove that you can kind of win it with any goaltender if you play the right system and uh their players buy in they have a lot of veterans um, they did go down 8-2 in game one, but I told Bronson they just need to forget about that. It, it only counts as one loss and try to bounce back tonight. They do have an early lead here, uh, six minutes left in the first. Uh, if you're listening, it might be the game might be over, but we're kind of going to give you live updates. The Islanders are leading in yeah, game man. two. So it's early in the series. I think the Islanders still have a shot. Um, it is going to be tough to beat Vasilevsky and in, in the talent that Tampa Bay has. Um even without Stamkos, you, you look at Kucherov and Palat and Tyler Johnson and even uh, pickups Braden like Point, yeah. Braden Point's just such a good player. How many goals in overtime did he have against Columbus? And uh, yeah. e- even down the line, guys like Goodrow, they picked up Blake Coleman. Yanni Gord's a good player. Yeah. Kalorn, Kalorn, Steven, Sorelli. They're kind of just loaded four lines. They roll and Edmund, Edmund, McDonough, Shattenkirk. Like he's just... yeah, the the defense is just loaded. They have they have healthy scratches that could start on on a lot of teams on the back end. So, uh, and Vasilevsky might be the best goalie in the world. So Tampa, you know, I think a lot of people had Tampa and Vegas, uh, and and that might come to fruition. Uh, it'd be an interesting final. But uh, I'm I'm here kind of. I was pulling. <laughs> We didn't get to do a show, but I was going to say I'm re- I was rooting for the Islanders in Vancouver. Um, thought that would have been an interesting kind of different matchup. But uh, we've seen a lot of Tampa and a lot of, you know, we've seen Vegas make a final. Um, we've seen Tampa uh, get to a final and get deep. I'd like to see some new blood. So Dallas and the Islanders would be a very, a very fun, interesting series with some new blood. So that's what I'm kind of pulling for Dallas and the Islanders. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, just excited to watch some good hockey, but, uh, it's, uh, the second round was great. Like I said, all those game sevens hockey on all day still. Um, 
And, and just like you said, the bubble has been a great experiment, experiment for the NHL. I think 3,000 tests without a positive. The players are uh, buying in. They're not going anywhere. Um, they're allowing families now, I believe, with the Final Four in Edmonton. So hopefully everybody got tested and the families got in and they're safe and uh, nobody brought it in to ruin what they've had in the bubble. And I know that the uh, Eastern teams had to travel from Toronto to, to Edmonton. So they had to leave the bubble and go to an airport and, um, and get into a new hotel in Edmonton. And that seems to have all gone smoothly. So they got over that hurdle. And uh, the final four teams are now in Edmonton. And it looks like we're hopefully going to get a Stanley Cup final and be able to raise the, the cup this year. So exciting, Bronson. Uh, that's my take on it. Uh, really ex- Really happy to see what what happens the rest of this round. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, it's funny that you brought up the, you know, your whole recap. You brought up goalies, and you know that's that's the position I play, and I I, I take that to heart. I think right now the the MVP who, who's going to win this cup, Frank, the MVP is going to be the depth of goaltending because of the games being so fast, and that's what it was in, in the previous series. I mean, you had name any team you had. I mean, yeah, the the Flyers at some point had to start Brian Elliott, yeah. you know. The, the Canucks had to go, you know, and then obviously they had a really good performance by, by my guy, Thatcher Demko. I'm really big on Thatcher Demko. They had to go Th- De- Demko Markstrom. The Stars uh, really have been riding Kadobin pretty hard. Uh, obviously, Ben Bishop unfit to play. Uh, they actually had to sign the Ottinger kid uh, mm-hmm. out of college um, to come up and play. He hasn't played, but he's on he's on the roster. That's so they need him. Uh, but, you know, the Islanders, and they're used to that because remember the year before they had Leonard and Grice, they won the, the Jennings Trophy. So Trotz is no stranger to that ta- that goalie tandem as well. Uh, Tampa, again, they haven't really gone to their backup. They've, they've rode Vasilevsky, you know. So you have a couple t- guys that rode their starting goaltender. Then you have the Golden Knights. You have the, you, you know, you have the Golden Knights. You had the Canucks. You had the, the Islanders that, that are, are they're more than comfortable doing the tandem, especially in, in Vegas, you know. I was going to bring up the flurry factor, but you beat me to it. So you took you, you, uh, the energy will be conserved as I will, I will leave you to that. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, Leonard's the guy, but I mean, DeBoer has not been, he's not been hesitant to play flurry. Um, he, he played Flurry game six. He played him in game one, this series uh, against Dallas in, in the finals right now. I mean, I, th- I think the team, Frank, that's going to hoist the cup is, is, is probably going to be those teams with, with the two capable goaltenders. Cause I just, I, I look at the, the stars and I look at the lightning and, they have two good goals. I mean, Kadobin's been a surprise. They expected Bishop to start, but Kadobin has—he's done the job, and uh, and obviously Vasilevsky is one of the premier netminders in the world. Uh, but you know, could 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 they could they go through playoff fatigue of been playing too much? And obviously, the coaches know more than us. And and as you mentioned, you were mentioned about Tampa, and, and they're they're you know going to their terms of their their depth at. And you know any any position you think of, one of the, one of the, uh, the people I like on the Lightning is, is Coach John Cooper. And I always joke with you, and I've joked with a lot of my hockey friends that you know, should should the time come when, Sol- when Mike Sullivan uh, is is bid a do, I hope it's at the time where they bid John Cooper do in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I would love him here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I've always been a huge John Cooper. He's fan so even keeled. I love his demeanor. Yeah, uh, just seeing him in the press conferences, how he handles that team. Um, yeah. you know, he, he knows he's got a lot of talent, but I think I think he lets uh, he tells them, you know, don't just rest on your laurels, and, and we're the we're the best team on the ice, maybe. But uh, he, that group still works so hard, and I agree with you, John Cooper. I, I've always liked his coaching style. I hated when it would beat the Penguins, but uh, but he is one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. I agree. 
And then just moving forward, we've frank enough kind of we've already kind of covered it, but uh, we're just gonna go into each series, and then we are gonna have a prediction. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go real quick here, Frank. I, I, we owe it to the audience. The last time we did do predictions, we did the actual first round of the playoffs, not the mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, what, what were they calling that the, uh, the the qualifying series. Yeah. So real quickly, we're not gonna break each one down, but we're gonna laugh at each other. Let's we'll see what happens here. I don't we're even just... remember, so this will be fun. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> And if you have listened and you kept scored home, which I'm sure none of you did, but don't worry, Broski's here. We got you covered here. So in the first round of the actual out of the qualifying, the first round, the Golden Knights played the Chicago Blackhawks. I had Vegas in seven, Frank had Vegas in six, and I think it was even quicker than that. I, I don't have it on here, but I know it was yeah five. I think it was five. It was five. So it okay. never got that far. So we were one, right there, one for one. Okay, Colorado and Arizona, Frank. Both Frank and I both had Colorado and six. I don't even think it made it that far, but we were right again. So we, right. we're starting out good. <laughs> um, Dallas and Calgary. Frank's. I tried to Ugh. convince Frank. I tried to convince him to make the pick yeah. over to Dallas. There's my, I, had, I remember I had Calgary. <laughs> you did. I had Dallas and seven. Dallas won. I don't think, I don't think that one won seven either. But uh, three for Lu- three for Brunson. St. Louis and, and, and Vancouver. This is the one where I got you to jump from Vancouver to St. Louis. And oh, I, I should have stayed. I, I failed you, sir. I failed you. It's hard to go against the champs. I mean, the Blues were the champs. And I think that, did, that one did go seven, I think. But uh, Vancouver did win that series. So we. So I started out good. I only missed the Vancouver-St. Louis series. We jumped to the east. We, Frank, we, we failed big on Columbus. We didn't believe Tampa. We thought Tortorella and the boys would get her done. Uh, that did not happen. Tampa won, so we eat the big we eat the big X on that on that uh, round. Yeah, you, you and Bob Airy's picks died. Yep. Oh uh, no, yeah, the, no. the jackets. Uh, Bob Airy, I'm sure, is you know he's he's got a, you know a bowl of, of oatmeal and he's he's crying over it. But uh, net, and as we speak, that, Tampa tied at one one. Uh, we're watching right now, actually, the the highlight of the goal here. Ooh, who scored that, Frank? Victor Hedman, of course. And I'm just going to go to the recap next segment about how good he's been in the series. So there it is. On the ground, too. A lot of traffic <laughs> there, yeah. Good. They, uh, Varlamov didn't see it. No, for sure. And uh, But going back here, we'll get back to that in a second, Frank. Flyers and Canadians, we weren't far off here, uh, but it was not a sweep. We both yeah. played a sweep, but Philly, did, Philly won handedly. Um, mm-hmm. So we got It went that. six. I was surprised it went six, but... Yeah. Well, I'll try a little bit of fight, but not enough fight. And here it is. This is the series. Frank would not waver. He did have the Capitals in six. I had the Islanders in seven. And I should get huh. a star next time because it was Islanders in seven. So did you go seven and one? Well, no, we're not done yet. We have one more. Oh, okay. One more playoff. Here's Definitely. where Bronski. Oh, no, no. I, I, no. I went okay, one, two, three. I, I missed two. Six and so. two. Sixty exact because the next round's the Carolina. You had Carolina in seven, and yeah, I had Boston. Six. Yeah, yeah. My Canes. You were you were the Jackets, and I was the Canes, and we both <laughs> fell fell on our faces. I thought the Canes were so loaded. Yeah. So I had a pretty good prediction. Um, I just felt you know, and not, not to go, you know go deep into here, Frank, but I just felt like the Islanders were like, I just feel like that's the kind of team that Washington loses to. That's why I had that. <laughs> It's always a team like an upstart team that they seem to kind of never really come fully prepared for. And obviously that loss ultimately cost Todd Reardon his job. More on Todd Reardon later in the show. Jeez, uh, yep. There's a, <laughs> there's a spoiler. 
there's a tea there. A little more on Todd Reed later in the show, but he was um, he was fired as as Capitals head coach um, two years as, as the head after being the assistant under Trotz winning the Stanley Cup. Um, more on those hires in a second. Let's break down these uh, real quickly, Frank. The the Golden Knights Dallas series um, game one was uh, the flower started. Um, they lost one nothing. That uh, Klingberg scored like three minutes into the game, and we didn't and know that was that- it. That was it. That was it. A lot of good play from both sides. And honestly, the Golden Knights lost one nothing, but that could have very easily been a very lopsided Dallas. Uh, a Dallas win had uh, had Flurry not stayed stood tall. Um, a lot of people thought maybe he should have started game two. Obviously, we know the DeBoer Flurry controversy. This and Alan Walsh that tweet with the sword in the back. Um, you know, but uh, but DeBoer decided to go back to Leonard. I think you know because Leonard is the top guy. He decided to go back to Leonard. Although Flurry, I thought played more than well, uh, more than capable of uh, the, the going for game two. Um, Le- um, Leonard goes in for game two, and the Golden Knights uh, really really came guns a blazing. Uh, goals by Nozick, goal, a couple goals by by what by Bad Bill, William Carlson, um, Shea Theodore. No, I think the Theodore goal was the one that was disallowed on the interference by Pacioretty. Um, but a lot, a lot of key goals by by guys on the on the, the Knights there, and they handled Dallas easily to make that series one to one. So going forward, Frank, what is the factor? Um, I assume they'll go back with Leonard in Game Three. Um, who do you got winning this series? And what are the keys and the in the in the, in the players to watch in this series? And by the way, Ryan Reeves was suspended for Game One due to the conduct in the last series against the Canucks. He was suspended Game One, played Game Two. Knights won game two. Frank, you break it down for us, bud. I mean, I, I still I got to think that Vegas is, has the edge in this series. Um, you know, Leonard has played well, and if they have to, they can go to Fleury, who's also played well. I love the teams that have, like you said, this this 1A and 1B option. And I, I kind of think the way of the NHL may go that way. As long as they're – I mean, with expansion, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to get to, – that means 64 goaltenders – uh, have jobs when we have the 32nd team out of the Seattle in a year. Um, are there 64 guys good enough? Um, we'll see. Um, but I think there's a, a lot of good goalies to where that a lot of the teams are going to go like probably a guy start 50, a guy start 30. Um, the the breakdown like that, you're not going to see the Martin Brodeur 70 starts and the backup 12, no. 12 starts. Uh, so like 70 and 12 breakdown anymore. Um, you're going to see some 62, 20 uh, with some of the really good guys like Vasilevsky. Um, but uh, if you, having two good goalies is such a luxury to have. Um, Tampa Bay is the only team left that's kind of going with the one guy system. If something happens to Vasilevsky, can Curtis McElhaney, kind of a, a journeyman guy, um, is he good enough to uh, to carry that team? Well, so. Th- Dallas has too, but only because of the necessity of injury. I mean, I, I, I know yeah. uh, they've they've really had to go with Kadobin uh, because of Bishop being unable to play. Uh, but they're but, lucky because Kadobin's capable, and uh, yeah. <laughs> if they get Bishop back, um, having the option to go back to Kudobin if Bishop's a little bit, uh, you know, still a little bit. I mean, s- s- injured. I think at this point, I think even if Bishop does come back, I think you have. I think it's it's Kadobin's. I think it's I think it's his run now. I think yeah, that, you got to ride with them. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like I said, things change game to game, but I didn't mean to cut you off, Frank. That's okay. Um, so Vegas, I mean, they are loaded with talent. The Mark Stone acquisition a year ago has really 
just bolstered that team into, yeah. you know, he's such a good player on both ends. That 200 foot game, such a great defensive forward, but also the skill. Um, guys like they get like Chandler Stevenson, they just kind of get off waivers from the Capitals, is, uh, is on their top line and just fits in so well. Uh, allowing them to kind of move Pacioretty down, move Stastny down, and kind of spread spread out the wealth like the Penguins did, uh, having the HBK line, having three good lines, and then a fourth line with a guy Reeves, like you mentioned, that can uh, that can muck it up. So they're just I, I love the the way that that team is constructed, and when you have Leonard or Flurry, um, you have Pete DeBoer who's coached in the finals. Um, I, I think I just see them having the edge now. Dallas is a hungry team, you, you know, and, and they're talented. Uh, Sagan, Ben, Radulov. We saw the youngster Kivi Ranta show up in a big way in in a game seven. Um, they they are they're pretty they're deep as well on the forward group. But like I mentioned, uh, on the back end, they have guys studs like Heiskanen and Klingberg. Um, but that that fifth and sixth pairing missing our guy Johns. Um, you know that that's hurting them, and I just think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go six or seven, but I got Vegas eking it out, um, which which I wouldn't mind. Like I said earlier, I like both of these teams. I'm just rooting for a good series. Yeah, same here, Frank. Um, you mentioned a lot of great points, and like I said, the, it's funny you mentioned the the Chandler Stevenson factor because I think about that when I think about him. I also think about you know they, the, them getting Nate Schmidt in the expansion draft, and that's all. That's all you know, McPhee. You know, he's knowing that Washington organization, mm-hmm. you know, like the back of his hand, you know, knowing the capability of a guy like Stevenson and grabbing him. Um, <clears throat> sorry to clear my throat. I don't have a dumb button like they do on the radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we could always edit that out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, I think the thing, I think what the, the keys that Vegas did, and even going back to the expansion draft, was getting guys that had really not yet hit their peak, getting a guy like William Carlson, getting a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau, you know what I mean? Getting guys like Shea Theodore, Thomas Nosek, Riley Smith, mm-hmm. guys that really had the potential, and, and you know maybe they were buried and you know buried on good teams or just maybe in a situation that didn't quite fit them. And I think you're finding that too, Frank. Do you know that you know before the the COVID pandemic? You know, this isn't like the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Atlanta Thrashers or the Nashville Predators, you know, or, you know, Vegas is a destination that free agents want to go to. So that's why they were going to get like, you know, like when they got got, um, Paul Stastny, you know, they traded for Max Pacioretty. But, you know, bringing those guys in, they traded for Robin Leonard. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because it's going to come down to those two goaltenders. And and I think that's the huge factor of why I predict they will beat the Dallas Stars. I don't want to beat the Dallas Stars, but I think they will just share the sheer fact of them being able to go to having that two-goalie system. And obviously, being here in Pittsburgh, we know that that was a big factor, the Penguins' 16-17 cup repeat. Um, But having that... But having that there, I just you know, being having two solid goalies, and think about this too. And I know we'll, we'll, we'll touch on. I'm going to touch on this later in the, in the final thoughts. But you know, if Flurry's out of you know out of favor and he wants out, but Leonard's going to be a free agent, and, and I'm sure he wants to stay in Vegas. But he's obviously going to use that you know to probably cash out a better deal than he got last year. You know, um, mm-hmm. last year was the good boy deal, the show me deal. But now I think now he's proven his capability on the on the big stage. Um, yeah, he wants something long term because it was a one year deal with uh, the Blackhawks. So yeah. he wants, I think he's going to be looking for for four or five years 
probably something like six or seven uh, per year. Absolutely. Per year. But yeah, I, I have I have Vegas winning that Vegas series. They go back to the Cup, um, going back to Tampa, the Islanders. Um, it's just the more the Lightning win, the more I'm like, you're just waiting for them to hit that banana peel. It's like because you know that Tampa's always <laughs> capable yeah. of doing. You know, it's just like it's like you know it's any team that you know that, that hasn't won in so long. But um, I'm very torn this series because I just know how good the Islanders, how they're able to adjust and play in the playoffs. And you mentioned the players, Frank. You know, Sazikas, Barzell. Um, uh, you know, Matt Martin, Andrews Lee, Nick Letty, um, a lot of good players there. Uh, Eberle, uh, Eberle, Bavillier, Bavillier, Josh Bailey, Josh Bailey, Nelson. Yeah. And just Uh there's guys there and they, they're, they're a dangerous team when they're up. You just can't let them get up because then they just know they play that trots defensive style and they can keep it there. So I think so much, sorry to cut you off this time, but so much hinges on this game too, because I mean, we're going to see, we're going to be off the air before this game ends. But if Tampa goes up two Oh, it's really going to be hard for the, the, the Islanders to come back. But if, if the Islanders win this game, you almost have to think with five games left there in the driver's seat. So these game, this game too is huge. And it's one, one after one. It has hit intermission just to update you guys. <laughs> Yeah, it, if, and, and trust me, Frank, cut me off. I think you more than owe me on that one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if uh, if you put a gun to my head and make me choose, I'd probably take the Islanders, and I think it goes seven. I just think yeah. that – I think they're used now to having these close series. They went seven with the Caps. They went seven with the Flyers. Yeah, they, they're just – they're used to it. You know, you know, even with the Penguins and those Cups, like when you're used to those long dogfights, you – those are the teams that come out on top. You know what I mean? I I I want to pick Tampa because I think you know I'd love to have the Tampa Vegas matchup, but I just feel like Trot the experience wins out here. Trots and the Islanders, they win it in seven. The Tampa's really going to put up a hell of a fight. Um, and like I said, you know, we mentioned the we mentioned the studs that Tampa has, but it always seems like in playoff history that it's always the the more defensively sound team that that mm-hmm. seems to pull it out in situations like this. So I guess basically I. You think Frankie, you get a, a Golden Knight Tampa final there? I think I'll just for, for for the sake of being different, I'll pick Tampa. Yeah, just because they are up one game to none, so I kind of have that uh, yeah little bit of a, a head start. <laughs> and um, I'll go with the the traditional one goalie system in this in this instance because if you have a stud like yeah. Vasilevsky, you know that old adage: if you have two goalies, you have none. Nope. <laughs> so it's kind of a it's kind of a so if you when you have a guy a stud like Carey Price was for so many years with Montreal like not that that led to any Stanley Cups but you know what I mean like that one guy that bell cow that can be the guy you hit your wagon to um, Vasilevsky's I think going to be the difference in this series because the Islanders at times they not this this playoff they've averaged over three goals a game but. Um, they're so defensively minded. Can they score enough to um, to keep up with Tampa and Vasilevsky? So that's where I've, I think I'm going to go with Tampa and Vegas in my final. The two the two one seeds, the chalk. I'll just go chalk. The chalk. <laughs> um, I have they said the Islanders and Golden Knights, and I actually I have the Islanders. I just think that I just the past has showed me that the more sound teams win. I think mm-hmm. maybe I think maybe there's a little bit of a I, I think it's experience. I think it's, you know 
I think I, I just there's a lot of defensive depth on both sides, but I just I just love what the Islanders have on the back end. I think that uh, you know I just I just feel it's the Islanders' time. I just I really have nothing more than just like. I feel like this is where Barzell steps out. It's where a lot of the younger guys step out on the Islanders. Um, hopefully, though, they win the cup. Uh, I guess one, I'd be okay with that too. Honestly, at this point, I, whoever wins the cup from now, I'm, I'm good with. I just want to see, like you said, Frank, two really good series, which culminates into one very good uh, Stanley Cup final. So, you have good. Sorry, Frank. All of our, uh, just to wrap up hockey talk, uh, we might get on the air before the finals. So I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my finals pick, uh, close to my chest. Maybe we'll do an episode before the cup final, but, um, all the penguin kind of rivals are out. So like you said, I really don't care the rest of the way. I'd probably say any of the three, three, except for Tampa, because Tampa still kind of feels like they kind of feel like that new England Patriot to the Steelers vibe to me. Cause they, the, the penguins have gotten over the, that Tampa Bay lightning hurdle, but uh, they've been a, a, a nemesis to us. So <laughs> I, I kind of don't mind if it's Dallas Vegas or the Islanders. I really don't want to see Tampa win it. But uh, I, I do like John Cooper, and I do like a lot of their guys, so it wouldn't be awful. But the Capitals are out, and the Flyers are out, and even Columbus, to an extent, I don't love because of what Tortorella has said in the past and some of our battles with them. So, um, and the Blackhawks are out. I did want to see. I didn't want to see Kane and Taves get four before Crosby and Malkin. So kind of the teams we root against are all out. So like, like we've been saying, it's kind of a a fun ride just to watch some good hockey and not, not really have any rooting interest. So excited to see these last couple of rounds. For sure. And, uh, you know, and we'll cap it at that. No, there will be some hockey left in the show, guys. I have, I have a little something to say about some of the, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Bronson's final thoughts an interesting one. So don't go away. (laughs) And, uh, Frank, we move to another another sport that's playing during the coronavirus, and that is the base, the uh, MLB. Uh, they are we are getting close here to to the, to the postseason here. Uh, you Get the red back- carpet rolled out. Get the here comes the Dalai Lama <laughs> of baseball. As Bronson here is says. the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Frank Conte is going to get my education because uh, <laughs> I admit, you know, with 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 hockey heating up and with the Steelers and and the NFL getting started, my attention is diverted from baseball. Yes, fans, I apologize. It's up to me, you know, to keep up with baseball. You know, the the fantastic salary I get doing this podcast. Uh, I should I should really be uh, up on speed here. But if I know Frank's on it, I rely on the on on Frank the Tank. And this is one of the segments where I go, "Hey, Frank, go!" and I let him go. <laughs> uh, we also know that you're. If you're a Pittsburgh fan, you are battling Buckos. The Pittsburgh Pirates are absolutely nowhere near the playoffs, but they played they played <laughs> well. They played decently well lately. Um, uh, but uh, it's just kind of you know the the trade deadline has come and gone. A uh, couple decent deals here. I'm gonna have Frank break them down because, and I'm, I'm showing my negligence here, not knowing. So Frank, tell me what I missed. Tell me why I should be pumped <laughs> for the playoffs. Well, Bronson, I'm excited to get into some baseball talk because I think we've tabled the table at the last few shows um, just because hockey's been so so prevalent. We had the hockey only episode um, and uh, the one before that, I think we maybe did a baseball preview. But in a 60 game season, we're almost towards the end. It feels like we just did, did did a baseball preview. But now we're a month and a half in only about 20 games remain. Um 
it's going to be a, a great final stretch run here because one thing Major League Baseball did in this uh, pandemic shortened season is they've expanded the playoffs to uh, the top eight in each league making the playoffs. Normally it's a top five. So there will be a, a one versus eight, two versus seven, uh, kind of three versus six and four versus five format like we see in the other sports. Um, the top two teams from each division are going to make it, uh, giving you your top six seeds. Uh, there's three divisions in baseball, so the top two from each division will give you your one through six, and then they'll be pick. Uh, they'll pick two wild cards. So the first round is going to be a best out of three with the one, eight, two, seven, et cetera. Um, and then you move to a best of five, I believe, for the second round, and then the uh, the third round, the the championship, the league, NLCS, ALCS, will go back to best of seven in the World Series, best of seven. Um, and folks, we're only three weeks away from this getting started. Um, early October will be baseball playoffs, and it's kind of been interesting. Um, there's there's some new teams, some some surprises. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have been red hot. I think they've won um, 17 of 24. Uh, they are entrenched right in that five seed. So uh, if the playoffs started today, they'd be taking on the surprising White Sox as well. Um, White Sox at 26 and 16 as of this episode on the September the 9th. Uh, they're actually playing our Pirates now. They're up 7 nothing, uh in the in the sixth inning, I believe, against our Pirates. So, um, But yeah, the White Sox have been a surprise. The Blue Jays, the Padres um, have the second best record in uh, the National League. But uh, they're going to be that four seed because the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. That's kind of that was predicted. The Dodgers were supposed to win. The, everybody's picked to win the World Series this year. They're looking really great. Um, the Cubs are up there at the top. The Oakland A's have been a surprise with that low payroll, and the Tampa Bay Rays, also one of those lower payroll teams that always seem to get it done. So, um, and even some teams that you thought would kind of be last place teams like Baltimore, Detroit, um, San Francisco giants, all within that eight seed, um, within a couple of games. So you could see a real surprise team make the playoffs, which I think is good for baseball. You want to see parody. You want to see a lot of these cities be in the race till the end. So I'm wondering if they're going to expand the playoffs for years to come, because it just keeps more teams and more cities interested for, for longer. But, um, when it comes down to it, Bronson, I think the, the cream will rise to the top. I think we're going to see the Dodgers. The Yankees have struggled, and everybody picked the Yankees. But um, they're still holding down that eight seed. And if they can catch fire, they should move up in, uh, up in seeding. And if they if they get in the playoffs, they'll obviously be a tough out if Garrett Cole can get it going. His first year in New York has been kind of un, unceremonious. Uh, He's kind of been average. Um, not been great this year, Garrett Cole in his first year, that big deal. Um, but no, a lot of, a lot of great games this year. A lot of young players, Fernando Tatis Jr. is, uh, one of the MVP picks in the national league. He's 20, 20, 21 years old and just an exciting player to watch every night. Um, the home run race is, is tight. Mike Trout's up there with 15 bombs this year. He just hit his 300th career home run. But uh, the Angels are another team, though, that's disappointing as a team. They have Mike Trout. Uh, they have Shohei Otani, the Japanese uh, two-way star. Um, but uh, the Angels have struggled. They're out of a playoff spot. But Mike Trout's having another MVP caliber season. Um, as Bronson mentioned, the trade deadline come and went. 
Um, and in a short season, it was really strange because one month in, uh, the trade deadline took place and not many teams knew where they were, if they were buyers or sellers, because um, the teams had only played 20, 20 or 30 games. So interestingly enough, our Pirates didn't do much. We weren't very active. Um, Pirates were seen to be sellers and guys like Adam Frazier and even possibly Josh Bell, um, Gregory Polanco, Trevor Williams, Joe Musgrove, Chad Cool. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, Kyle Crick, these guys were all, Ben Charrington said nobody uh, was off limits, the Pirates general manager. Um, I, I would have been surprised to see them trade Brian Reynolds. Um, he's kind of their one good guy for the future that they got in the Andrew McCutcheon trade. And uh, Josh Bell, if he can get it going again, uh, Reynolds and Bell should be the cornerstones of that offense. But pretty much everybody else I could have seen going and uh, and and n- nobody did uh, Ben Charrington didn't get the right deal or there wasn't much interest or the Pirates didn't get to didn't get to reload their minor league system I was a little disappointed I would have liked to have seen them do some trades and uh, and and kind of restock the minor league cupboards with some prospects but it didn't happen we still have the winner um, this offseason maybe we'll see some deals at the winter meetings where the Pirates can can get back some some prospects for some of their veterans but um no, Bronson. I mean, that's that's about it. There's a lot of exciting races. It's still too close to call. Um, top eight teams getting in. There's still probably 12, 13 teams in each league that still have a shot. So um, the Pirates are actually, like you said, playing decent lately. A couple walk-off wins. Um, they've been playing 500 ball the last couple of weeks at least. And you know, I, I like to see them. I still watch them almost every night, and I want to root for them to win. But they are kind of not doing themselves a favor in the draft wow. order. Um, there is a a really great pitcher coming out of Vanderbilt named Kumar Rocker, that's the presumptive number one pick, and uh, threw a no hitter last year for Vanderbilt, uh, struck out nineteen. Um, he's a guy that just the Pirates would love to get um, a big kid. Um, if you if you have a chance to go out watch some YouTube videos of Kumar Rocker um, at Vanderbilt and uh, I watched a little bit of out, it last year, Frank. Yeah. I saw I know ESPN a couple of the college uh, games and I <laughs> yeah I watched the one I don't I don't know if that was a game he's got a just big big frame. I mean, just a big horse that the like, that's a number one an ace type guy that you can build your staff around. And uh, Pirates were thinking Mitch Keller is going to be that, but I just don't know if it's going to pan out for Keller. Um, we we missed out on Steven Strasburg by one pick, you know, ten years ago. We we haven't been able to just get that horse. And um, sadly, you're seeing the Boston Red Sox, the 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 Arizona Diamondbacks, the Washington Nationals, um, all kind of at the bottom of the standings. And these are teams that are usually good, have higher payrolls, go out and spend money. If any of those three teams get the number one pick, it would just be upsetting to me because yeah. they don't really they don't really deserve it. So, you know, Kansas City, Texas, Pittsburgh, um, even like I said, the the teams like the Mariners, the Tigers, they're the ones that you don't mind kind of rebuilding, getting that number one pick. But uh, I, I I hope the Pirates win every night when I watch them. But then I'm like, yeah, I I, I kind of hope we finish in last. You know, they, you got to finish thirty out of thirty. Uh, to get that number one pick. They haven't mentioned a, a lottery or anything like that. So I think it's going to be the team with the worst record um, winning percentage wise because of the COVID cancellations. Uh, they might go by winning percentage. So the Pirates are actually third to last in that right now, Texas and Boston. Uh, 
fourth, Texas, Boston, and Arizona, like I mentioned. Are, so the Pirates would pick fourth if the season ended today, and that's just uh, unfortunate because you'd hope they, they, they get that, that stud pitcher. But we'll have to let it play out. There are 20 games left. I'll root for the Pirates, but sadly, secretly, I'll be hoping maybe they finish last to, to start that rebuild, get that rebuild kick-started by getting that, that top pitcher in the draft. And what's the score of the Pirate game right now? Last I checked, down seven nothing. Um, it's Clemente Day, which is really cool. All the Pirates are wearing number twenty-one, like you see on Jackie oh. Robinson Day, um, across the league. Um, you see everybody wear forty-two, and Jack uh, Roberto Clemente is kind of the Jackie Robinson for Latino players. He was kind of that first mega superstar um, from the Latin American world. Uh, he, he comes from Puerto Rico and uh, to burst on the scene in, in Major League Baseball. So the number 21 to Latin players is like the number 42 to African-American players. And the entire Pirates, uh, with Derek Shelton, it was kind of his idea. And uh, Major League Baseball was on board with it. And they got a spearheaded where the entire Pirates team tonight's wearing 21. It's a cool thing. Sadly, they are losing 8 nothing to the White Sox um, in the seventh. But, um, oh, bro. <laughs> Ross is our sound effects guy. And it's funny because I was thinking we need, um, whenever we do an NFL uh, re- recap, we need to get that uh, music from the 2K5. So we'll have to dig that out for next time. What? Some Berman. But no, but yeah, to get back to it. Pirates tonight are losing to the White Sox. The White Sox are one of the surprising teams I mentioned. They're holding down that four seed, um, fight, battling it out with the Cleveland Indians for that AL Central crown. Um, Pirates are actually, they were able to take game one of the series last night, but it looks like they're going to split with the White Sox in this two-game set at PNC Park. But um, but no, Bronson baseball, it is going to be exciting to watch the stretch run. Um, the trade deadline has passed. Not many teams did much. We saw Clevenger go to the Padres. Yeah. Padres loaded up. They added six or seven guys. Um, they kind of shook up their roster. To um, they, The Padres haven't made a, a deep playoff run in a long time, so it'll be interesting to see if a lot of those trades work out. Um, they, they did load up. Um, didn't see many other guys uh, switch places. Uh, just some depth moves by a lot of teams, some, some bench players, some, some bullpen moves. Um, hard, hard to make any predictions right now. I, I don't know if I went on record and said it, but I, I did say it on Facebook and to some of my other friends. So they'll vouch for me. I predicted the Dodgers and the Rays in the world series. And, uh, right now they both sit as the number one seeds in each league. So my pick, my, my pick, I actually have Tampa beating, beating the Dodgers in the world series, which would upset Dodger fans. Cause it would be their third world series loss in the last four years. But, um, but no, I, those are the two teams that are the hottest right now, the Dodgers and the Rays. So we'll see. We'll be doing another show before the playoffs, so we'll get we'll get into some of the matchups and predictions. But that's where you, baseball stands. You mentioned earlier the, the Padres, Frank, and then, uh, since we recorded, we did not get a chance to have the baseball Dalai Lama comment on a little incident involving Fernando Tatis Jr. in which cool. he swung at a... 3-0 pitch and this one fires me up. I'm glad you teased. This one fires. <laughs> I knew I would, and, and I and I'm a little passionate about it too. So apparently, yeah. you know the 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 I hope we agree. Game, I, I, the baseball yeah. purists saying that 
You know, it was disrespectful. They were up a bunch. You shouldn't have swung. Uh, you don't. You normally would never swing on a 3-0 pitch in any kind of baseball situation. Uh, so he does, and he bombs it. And now he was getting clout, you know, getting, you know, the old, the old curmudgeons of the game and the, the baseball purists were not too Including his own it. manager, his own manager yeah. that threw him, threw him under the bus, which I didn't like. But here's my take on it, Bronson. I was talking about Please. it with my dad. My dad, who's, who's a, who was a baseball player in his day and was, a, a, you know, a, a tough as nails, hard nosed player. Um, he agreed with me. It, it, you play you played the game hard and. 10 nothing lead, 1 nothing lead, 1 1 count, 3 0 count. I, I'm with Tatis. I, I say swing away and try to hit a home run every at bat. No matter the count, like no matter the score, you're trying to beat the pitcher every time. So, are, so what's he supposed to do? Take the 3 0 pitch and then it's okay if he homers on the 3 1 pitch? Like, is he, is he supposed to go up there and just try to strike out because it's a 10 run lead? Is he just supposed to stand there and just take three pitches? Um, the only problem I might have with it is they said he ignored a, a stop sign. And if he, if he blatantly disobeyed the coach's sign, that's an issue, but swing at a three Oh pitch, you know, you know, may get the guy out. If you're, if you're that upset, throw it by him. Um, I, I'm totally on the, the side of Tatis jr. Um, go out there, play the game, get your stats, get your home runs. This guy's trying to get paid. Um, Try to pad the stats. It's these are professionals. There's no mercy role. Frank, I this have to say it. Uh, I have to say it. You play to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> There's her Exactly. I, I I almost said that because I was like, you play you play to win. You play to you play to win every at bat. You play to win every every situation. And he's not gonna go up there and just take three strikes and strike out because it's a seven, eight, nine, ten run lead. I mean What's the difference of him trying on 3-0 versus trying on 3-1? It makes no sense. You, pitchers shouldn't just get a free strike. So to, totally angered me. I thought Jace Tingler, the, the Padres manager, if I was the Padres owner and Fernando Tatis Jr. is my franchise, um, I think I would have fired Jace Tingler on the spot for throwing him under the bus. I, it would it would have just it would have shown your star player that you back him. He was forced to apologize, and you could you could tell his heart wasn't in it. His manager forced him to apologize. He was thrown under the bus in front of the media, his teammates, everybody. Um, sad to see. There's even te- disgraceful. There's there's T-shirts out there that say never apologize, and the the E and the O make a three O for the three O count. I almost want to get one, but. Um, yeah, just I, I didn't like to see it. I, I I'm forever not going to be a fan of uh, their new manager, Jace Tingler, for that reason, for the way he handled it. Handle that in private, if anything. Yeah. Uh, don't come don't come out to the media and say that your your player was wrong and force him to apologize and all that. So yeah, that was definitely a heated moment uh, in the baseball season. One of the ones that made headlines for sure. I Frank am going. To agree with you 100%. I know it's better for the show if we debated, but no, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm I, sorry. These are professional athletes, Frank, being paid millions right. of dollars. I'm sorry. This isn't Little League Baseball. This isn't this yeah. is just a T-ball throwaway game over here in Ewing Park. You know, <laughs> these, oh, these, are, these are big boys. They can handle it. And if you, you, if you don't want them to hit a home run, then, then, then don't throw the pitch. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is the way it is. You know, I had to bust up my buddy Herm out to, you know, set everyone straight. But, you know, I mean, 
you, you explained everything well, Frank, and, and uh, I just, I've just never been a fan of people who whine and complain about that. And I mean, and I, and I can, I can go on for literally five hours about, you know, the baseball purists and the old curmudgeons, they just, they really seem to just rattle me. I, I guess I can't stand it. You know, these are the same people that are, you know, against everything else, you know, times change and, and, and then the game to an extent changes. But I mean, if, it, if the ball is there to hit, you hit it. I'm sorry. I don't care about, you know, this, you know, it's, it's not like baseball has a time on it. It's, it's out to the end of the game. And I know they're up by a bunch, but I mean, it's not without the realm possibility that the team could come back. We've seen crazier things in the history of baseball. So yeah, Frank, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I, I had to tee you up cause I knew you, I figured since you'd been a big baseball fan, you, you would be very passionate about that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to rob our listeners of, of, uh, of, of, the, of the passionate, <laughs> how passionate Frank Conte is about the great game of baseball. Here as uh, I was looking here. Okay, I was looking at the yeah, little scrummer, the Islanders and the, the Lightning. There, nothing too crazy there. But um, moving on, Frank. Um, another uh, form of playoffs that started around the uh, little after the NHLs. Then that's the NBA playoffs. Admit, I admit ahead of time, I don't know really a whole much about the NBA playoffs. I know that the Greek freaks, but you know, heard things brought up with the Greek freak. Obviously, the Clippers had a. Uh, the Clippers, uh, the Houston, uh, the, the Rockets, what I was hearing about about the most, um, you know, about their a series with Oklahoma City or whatever it was, or um, with Westbrook and, and James Harden and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I know I didn't know that the, the Heat were already in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, and I always I always attribute that to Eric Spolstra. I do know that much. I know Eric Spolstra is a, a very tremendous coach. Uh, I think anyone that could have. Uh, Handle the egos of Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. Uh, you get a little bit of a, a, a plus in my book, and obviously with that uh, that brain trust in, in basketball operations. Pat Riley's still there. Pat Riley's still there, Frank. Yep, yep, he's yeah, still running the show there. Yeah, um, uh, I know the Lakers are up, the Clippers are up. But, you know, you, you know, I think I think inevitably people want to see that Clippers Lakers matchup, um, and obviously the. Boston Celtics uh, coach, still coached by a guy. I was kind of very skeptical when he went from college to the pros of, of Brad Stevens. I I did not see him being successful on the NBA level, but I've had to eat my crow and I'm happy. He seems like a good guy. I don't know. You know, I always seem like, you know, I seem kind of inspired by his, his coaching. So Frank, you break I know you've only watched a little bit, but uh, what's going on in the NBA? Well, so far there's it's pretty much been chalk, like we talked about uh, our, in our hockey picks. Um, there, I think there's one upset in the first round. That was Miami, uh, the five beating the four. Um, so a five and a four. Is, that was Indiana. Um, not a huge upset, but um, the the big upset came in round two, where Miami knocked off by uh, the Greek Freak, like you talked about. Uh, the Bucks are out. Um, the Vegas, the odds on favorite to win the NBA championship was the Milwaukee Bucks. It wasn't, I don't believe it was the Lakers or the Clippers. The Bucks were the favorite. Um, so uh, they're out in five games. It was almost a sweep. They got down 3-0. Um, just the Bucks just maybe kind of like slipped on the banana pill like they seem to always do, uh, to use a term Bronson used. Um, <laughs> just just kind of come playoff time, they just don't have that, that they can't get over that hump yet. So we'll see. Uh, the Greek Freak has one more year. Uh, left in Milwaukee, does he choose to extend there, or do we see a uh, a LeBron type uh, press conference where Giannis chooses his next team? Would he join, say, the Lakers, the Warriors, 
uh, Houston, somebody like that, and try to create another uh, super team. Because um, uh, I don't know if it's gonna gonna happen in Milwaukee, um, which I feel bad because I'd love to see a small market like that uh, get a championship. But um, Miami took care of took care of the Bucks. The rest of the three series in the semifinals are still going. Uh, you have the Lakers up two one on Houston. Uh, game game four is tomorrow night. Um, Boston is currently in overtime up. Three games to two. I saw the ending of that. Boston had the ball and couldn't convert. They could have won the series. Um, so that is currently in OT. Tied at 104 with a minute left. So I'm going to tune into that here as I uh, go through some of these other series. We might have an announcement uh, of Boston knocking off. There. Yeah, they might switch the old TV remote to that as well. So it's on ESPN. Um, but... Uh, I have a, I have a, my, a lot of friends and family are, are Celtics fans, so I don't have a rooting interest. So I'd like, to, I think Boston LA would be a cool series because that's that classic rivalry. Um, they've met in the finals so many times with Bird and Magic, and then we saw Kobe and and company take on Paul Pierce and the the three amigos, the Boston Three Party, Garnett and Pearson and Ray Allen. Yeah. Um, but to see, and Boston also has uh, off their bench a pit guy, Brad Wanamaker. So as a, as oh a pit, yeah, so and he's getting big time minutes. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of like their six man, and he's he he's getting some clutch some some crunch time minutes. Um, he's he's been great, a great free throw shooter, a great defender. So anytime there's a pit guy in the league, I, I kind of root for him. There's not many. Stephen Adams is one in, uh, yeah. for the th- for the Thunder. He was a one and done. He only played one year at Pitt. Um, but Wanamaker's been getting some minutes for the for the Celts. So. Um, there you go. They're they're down 106, 104 with under a minute to go. Kemba Walker just missed a three, so it's not looking good. Um, Toronto ball up to 30 seconds. So we last shot. we might see a game seven. They're they're up two, so they can run most of the clock out here, and we'll see what happens. We might see oh. a game, we might see a game seven in this series. Um, I think Bronson's feet's ahead of mine. Yeah, yeah. You have the satellite. I have the old cable. I went back to no, cable. I'm on Comcast cable. Uh, yeah, right. So, I got I got 196. Boston's up one over. That's what I'm Boston's at too. Yeah, they just called the timeout. It was. But so so we'll see if Boston could end <laughs> that series tonight. Uh, Toronto could force a game seven. Toronto, of course, is your defending champion, and they're they're still getting this far without Kawhi, their best player. He's in he north. Left. He left in free agency to join the Clippers, but uh, still a testament to Nick Nurse, once again, coach of the year uh, for the Toronto Raptors. So that guy losing your best player and still getting this far in the playoffs. Uh, and I believe they're the one seed. So, or no, they were the two seed, I think. But um, great, great job by them. Boston might knock them out. But, and then you have the Clippers up 2 1 on Denver. Denver and Utah was the best series in the first round, um, it went seven. Uh, Denver overcame a 3-1 deficit and won. Uh, so Utah was the team that blew the dreaded 3-1 lead. Um, Denver is tough. Um, Jokic down low is a kind of a lost art. They have a big man. And uh, Jamal Murray has been a guy that just burst onto the scene, and he's averaging, I think, near 30 a game. So uh, we'll see if they can kind of 
catch up to the Clippers or if they'll, uh, if they kind of exhausted themselves against Utah. Um, but like you said, everybody's going to see, wants to see Lakers Clippers. It's sad that it's not a staple center because, you know, yeah. the, those teams share a building and it would have been interesting to see like seven games in the same building. Uh, they, they swap the colors out and they kind of have home and road, uh, situations, but, uh, really both teams would have been at home. Uh, but now they're, they're in the bubble, but, uh, Lakers with LeBron still going strong. 18th year in the league now, I believe. He just became the all-time winningest player um, in NBA playoff history, passing Derek Fisher, the the longtime Laker that was on all those Kobe Shaq teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wouldn't have been my prediction. I would have predicted Kobe or Tim Duncan or maybe somebody from the you know the earlier days like Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain, but the all-time winning list. All-time winningest player in, in uh, NBA history in the playoffs is now LeBron, 162 wins in the playoffs. Um, he's still going strong as a leader of that Laker team. Anthony Davis, who he brought in from the New Orleans Pelicans, is his one-two punch, that dynamic duo there. They have a lot of role players around them, too, a lot of veterans. Yeah. So it's really it's really LeBron and AD show. And uh, sprinkle guys in like Danny Green, Dwight Howard, some veterans, some young guys like Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. But uh, it's it's LeBron and AD. Do they have enough to go four rounds? Does LeBron have the gas in the tank? Um, I think the bubble helps them because there's no travel. Um, it's it's all contained. I think it helps some of the veterans keep their legs loose. The schedule is more compact. Um, they they they're not playing back to backs at this point, but um, they're playing every other day. But no travel. Um, and then Miami taking on the winner of this uh, Toronto Boston series. I kind of favor Miami. I think the rest will help them. Um, they are really loaded. The other night they had seven players in double figures. So they, I think they're one of the deeper teams left. Um, like I said, a lot of teams have Kawhi and Paul George, uh, LeBron and AD, Harden and Westbrook. But the, the Heat really do it with everyone. They have Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. But guys like Tyler Harrow are stepping up. Um, they just have a ton of guys that just they spread the wealth, and they have different guys that can beat you. Eric Spolstra, like you said, maybe he is a good coach. We're finally seeing it because he doesn't have the uh, the super team like he had with LeBron yeah. and Bosch. He's doing it with this this other this group of guys with Jimmy Butler leading the way, but. Uh, it, so that we'll talk next episode about the the final the the conference finals but right now it's it's been good like Bronson and I aren't huge NBA fans but when I tune in the level of play has has risen in a regular season it's kind of hard to watch the NBA for a casual fan you don't see yeah. a lot of de- you don't see a lot of defense you don't see a lot of um, plays run on offense you kind of just see isolation one guy going at one guy um, but the playoffs the intensity is ranched up uh, I watched some of the the late games in the in the bubble to, to clinch the playoffs where it was just great theater and uh, a lot of these playoff games have come down to the wire so here's here's last shot Boston Toronto let's see if Bronson and uh, I are on. don't scream because I we might be on different times and it is no good. We go to double overtime. Yeah, double OT. So we're Sorry, going to, a as we as we speak here on September the ninth, game six, Toronto and Boston going to a double overtime. Are we in for a long night like Tampa and Columbus and hockey? Maybe, but oh, uh, this is crazy. De- the Clippers in Denver are underway, and it's kind of 
we're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to go to that game till this one's over. You might have to turn on your ESPN 360 app or whatever to <laughs> to get that game or, or they maybe they'll throw it on ESPN news. Um programming alert if you're trying to get Clippers in in Denver to uh tune into ESPN news, but uh it actually says that on the screen. Yep, ESPN news or the ESPN app, so um, but anyway, that, that'll wrap up the NBA. That kind of just breaks down what's been good. Just, our listeners, if there's any NBA fans out there, we just want to kind of stay, we want to keep up with it. Let you get, let you know who's left in the playoffs, what, what we've kind of thought so far, but, uh, we should probably, we should we, like we gotta, people on who like love the NBA and maybe to give them the platform to talk about it. Uh, uh we've been saying for so long, we need guest speakers. So we got to get, we got I got a friend Justin. I got a friend Ryan. I know that you have Ryan Alexander Barnes, that, the legend, uh, <laughs> the one and only, the, le- the legend that wants to come on. Danny Strohecker, Ryan Schaefer, uh, our 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 Godfather, our our leader Justin McConnell. Uh, I'd yeah. love to get him on the next level nerd. Him and Nico. I'd love to get them on. But uh, but we got to get to the next topic, Bronson. Um, it's coming up. It's it's the coup de gras. It's what we've all tuned in for tonight. It is the NFL preview. NFL. And uh the NFL is finally back. We were worried with the pandemic. Would football start? Um, I'm a little out of breath from the baseball and the NBA talk. So I'm gonna let you kick off the NFL and <laughs> t- t- tomorrow night is game number one, Houston and Kansas City, and then the rest of the league gets going Sunday and Monday. Um, our Steelers get going on Monday Night Football, which I'm not a fan of. I wish they would play Sunday, nope. but uh, it's the way the schedule falls. But uh, Bronson, you... just start us off with with what you think. Uh, the NFL is back. Your thoughts on that, and how excited you are. And I'll chime in. The battle of the uh, the battle of the hundred million dollar quarterbacks takes place Thursday night. Deshaun Watson <laughs> versus Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm excited for football to come back. You know. I, when we were during this pandemic, you know, I was like, you know, I don't care if football does come back. But you know what? You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We found out during the, the, the pandemic that the NFL really didn't dominate the offseason news as much as we thought it would. I mean, there were some big stories here and there, but a lot of it, you know, unfortunately, a lot of it was shattered, Frank, by, by the, the, you know, politics and the pandemic and the virus and, and uh, you know, um, you know, the right, the, the, the fight for, for, uh, the fight against racial injustice and, and, you know, however, you, you know, we're not trying to make this political, but, but basically Frank, even in the sports, you know, arena, those stories took precedent and kind of would say they took more pre- precedent over the NFL, which in a normal year when, you know, when things are normal, that's kind of what dominates the summer, even though they're not playing. So with, with the absence of the NFL being in the news every day, absence made the heart grow fonder. So yeah, I'm excited about the NFL. I'm excited a lot of good storylines this year. Obviously, will the Chiefs repeat? Obviously, Deshaun Watson got his new deal. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, you know, on the franchise deal, will obviously playing for a better deal. Uh, how good will the Cowboys be? Um, obviously, the draft picks. How will Joe Burrow do in Cincinnati? Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the LSU running back drafted by the Chiefs. How will he fit in that potent KC offense? Um and I'm really just trying to hit this NFL. We're going to get to the Steelers in just a minute. So we're just trying to save the, the Steelers stories for them. Um, mm-hmm. 
what else are we thinking about? You know, uh, Jadavion Clowney just signed with the, Houston, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans. So a lot, of, a lot of big free agents. Is this is this Drew Brees' swan, swan song? Will Phillip Rivers end his career in Indianapolis? You know, a lot of good things. Tom Brady in Tampa, obviously, with that, that's the yeah. biggest storyline. But since we've recorded... Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I, I was the first one <laughs> to say TB12. I was the first one <laughs> to say TB12 in Tampa. TB, TV. Yeah. Um, and then since we recorded, really didn't touch into Cam Newton going to New England. So that'll be a big storyline as he's been named the starting quarterback there. So a lot of good storylines, Frankie. Um, we were talking about the, how the bubble has fared in terms of, of, uh, of coronavirus testing. From what NFL, you know, how their numbers have come out, they have had very minimal uh, positive results. So um, that's a good – that's something very, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know, encouraging to see. So um, – Obviously, each team is going to adjust of whether fans will show up. I know the Steelers have said no, no football, no fans for the month of September. They'll revisit October. Um, I know Kansas City wants to put some fans in, and Cleveland and Cincinnati want to put some fans in. So mm-hmm. that's that. I mean, just in in a year that's been kind of really crazy. I mean, we're still looking, you know, for these NFL storylines. Will a team sign Antonio Brown? If they do, he'll be out of games. Um, you know, it's a whole lot of stuff on the plate here, Frankie. We don't have no preseason due to the coronavirus. So, you know, uh, very, you know, we, we haven't seen these rookies in, in, in games. So, you know, it's hard to really get a judge off of, you know, basically practice mm-hmm. is what's happened. Um, some veteran signings, LaShawn McCoy in Tampa, Leonard Fournette in Tampa. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just, I mean, we really could, Frank, we really could go all night talking about the, you know what's going on with the NFL, but just a lot of things looking forward to. And tomorrow night we kick off the National Football League kicks off tomorrow night. Um, is that an NBC game? I think so. Yeah, they get the first yeah. one. Yep. Yeah, so that, it'll be it'll be exciting to see actual football. It might be a little bit weird seeing it with maybe very limited fans. So, I mean, the other sports have made it work. It'll be interesting how they react. So. Um, I didn't really mention these specific there, Frank, but just that we could go, we can go everywhere on that, and just want to know what you're looking forward to. No, you you covered a lot, which is great, Bronson. I agree with everything you said. There's so many great storylines. It's going to be fun to watch them all play out. I mean, just think, just just about every team has some question marks, but uh, but also a lot to look forward to. Um, there's been some camp battles for starters. We saw Trubisky. Um, yeah. Beat out Nick. Beat out Nick Foles. He kind of got the keys to the car in Chicago. Um, he, they want his last hit. Probably, likely, it's his last it is. Hit. I mean, second overall pick in the draft. Of course, they passed on Mahomes and so many other guys picking him second. I wasn't a fan of the pick. I did watch Trubisky play at North Carolina against Pitt and, and knew he was a talent. <laughs> but but to to pick him to pick an ACC school that didn't have a great you know, it didn't light up the college football world at number two overall was kind of a reach. Um, if you want Trubisky, maybe trade down, but, um, I root for him. I mean, I, I want to see him do well, but Nick Foles is like, like we said with Mark Andre Fleury, like everybody's going to be saying, put Nick Foles in if they see any faltering from Trubisky because Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring folks. So, you know, a lot of us forget about that. It didn't go well in Jacksonville because he got hurt, and then Gardner Minshew mania hit, and uh, they had to, you know, work out a buyout of that four-year, eighty-eight million dollar deal. 
um, that they signed for Foles in Jacksonville. He's already on a new team, and he's kind of he's in Chicago waiting to get his chance. If Trubisky falters at all, you're going to see Foles go in. But I like what Matt Nagy has done, just putting his confidence behind Trubisky, saying you're our guy. Um, see see how it goes. Um, you have, like you mentioned, Clowney in a new city. Uh, new Orleans was was there to the end. Seattle was there to the end. But he goes to the Titans. I, I heard that it was his relationship with Mike Vrabel from their days in Houston. Mike Vrabel was a defensive assistant uh, with the Texans. And while yeah. Clowney was there, now he's a head coach in, in Tennessee. Um, so that connection there that makes the Titans that much tougher as we were, as we may forget uh, the Titans made the AFC championship game last year uh, after ups, after upsetting uh, the Ravens and uh, who else they upset two teams, the Patriots. Yeah. The paid Tom's last game in in new England. And then they upset the Ravens. His last pass uh, was the pick six. Right. So with the running game with like Derrick Henry, um, who I think is the best running back in the league, and then a defense that's already stout. You add Clowney. Tannehill's a guy that's not a quarterback that's a, that's going to go out and win you too many games, but he had a good year last year. He's kind of that game manager that's not going to lose you a game, has the arm talent to to go out there and win a game if you need it. Um, so Tennessee's going to be an interesting team. Um, will the Chiefs repeat, like you said? So, so many fun storylines. Um uh, Burrow in Cincinnati, like you said, is he going to have a, a a tough rookie year or get the Bengals back to prominence? Um, it, it was weird this year to see the odd training camps. To um, oh, lost my screen for a second, but um, <laughs> one uh, one story one story I forgot to mention too, Frank is to will, will we see Tua Tagovailoa at any point this year for the Dolphins? Right, they named they did name um. Fitzpatrick, the starter out of for week one, which yeah. I think is good. Tua Tua should sit for a while and um and learn. Plus, he's coming off that bad hip injury, so yeah. it, we'll we'll see. I think at some point we'll see Tua this year, but um they're right out of the gate they're gonna go Fitzpatrick. But training camps like not having any preseason games. Um, I've been watching some of the hard knocks with the the Rams and the Chargers just to right. kind of a it's it's great to see a, a behind the scenes look at how they're handling the pandemic and, and all the distancing and the mask and how weird practice has been but I mean one thing that's that's good I guess is that it's the same for all 32 teams it's we're just going to have to see which of those teams handles it the best it, it is sad you're not going to see that uh that rookie free agent undrafted free agent like make a name for himself in the preseason and make a roster like you're not going to have that this year um some you know some of those guys end up becoming stars and you know are a diamond in the rough and you're just not going to see it this year so no no way for position battles for for depth chart there's no way to kind of know until you're you're right in it in week one so um, I've kind of missed some preseason football. You kind of get that. You ramp up the excitement. You get to know your team. You get to know some of the young guys and kind of bummed yeah. out that that was missed. But um, Bronson and I, a little bit later, are going to kind of get into some of our picks. Um, maybe maybe we'll pick. What do you think, Bronson? Let's pick a Super Bowl uh, pick. Who's going to make it and win it? And then who you got for MVP? Uh League MVP. Okay, League MVP. Yeah, I think it was was it Lamar Jackson took it home last year, um, but uh, 
we we do want to talk about because Bronson and I are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We we are here in the Pittsburgh area, so we want to kind of move on to um, a, a segment about the Steelers and Bronson. Uh, I'll just tee it up for you. The Steelers' first game uh, is Monday night against the New York Giants, and it, the Steelers are on the G-man. The, the the New York football <laughs> giants, uh, they are, the Steelers are favored. I believe in this game. I saw four and a half. I heard another say line that said it went up to six and a half. Um, giants are with a young quarterback, Daniel Jones in his second year showed some promise last <laughs> year, but, um, he's, a, he's a young quarterback. They have Saquon Barkley, but they don't have much as far as wide receivers. They don't have much in on this defensive side of the ball. No. Um, it, it could be a trap game for the Steelers because, uh, you know, are they going to be rusty? Uh, Roethlisberger, obviously, back after the elbow surgery. How's he going to look? Um, I, I do hope the Steelers get out of the gates with a win. Of course, last year they started 0-3. So you, you don't want to have that again. You want to get off to a fast start. Um, what do you think? What do you see happening Monday night? How, how are the Steelers going to look? I think, you know, it's going to be weird for both teams involved. It's in New York, right? Not that it really matters. It is a way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Daniel Jones, obviously, played quarterback at Duke, uh, and, uh, and obviously was coached by Cutcliffe. Uh, mm. He's the uh, the Manning the Manning quarterback whisper there. He's one right. of the Mannings. So a lot of people joke that, you know, when the Giants drafted him, that the Mannings have basically picked Eli's successor in New York. <laughs> But but uh but one one you know one one factor that you mentioned Frank that you know that I think will be will play huge in Daniel Jones' development was the hiring of former Cowboys head coach uh, Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that he'll be huge. Uh, former Ivy League quarterback mentoring a current uh, Ivy League quarterback. You know you know uh, Jason Garrett went to an Ivy League, so did Daniel Jones. So there's a little comparison there, and I think. I think Garrett will be awesome for Jones' development, and and that'll start Monday night in uh, in New York at MetLife Stadium against the Steelers. Um, I don't see. You want to say Pittsburgh's probably going to jump all over them, but again, the Steelers have a good defense. But we all know the Pittsburgh Steelers way of uh, them always playing down to their competition. Mm-hmm. So. It's always that bad Tomlin loss. Every year there's one or two like Mike Tomlin losses that they shouldn't lose. Yeah, but I mean, usually you don't see that too often on the Monday night games. And that's why I, I don't think that that'll happen as like, people think because it's Pittsburgh usually when they have a big primetime game for the most part, they do come to play. I think it, I think everyone will be pretty pumped. Ben, ben will be back. I think emotions will be running high. The Steelers will, and I think Pittsburgh wins that game, but I do see... Uh, Barkley, I think, will do okay. I know the Steelers have, uh, you know, the, their defense has improved drastically over the last couple of years. They locked Cam Hayward up to a very big, big deal there, so they have him anchored down on the, on the line. Um, obviously, T.J. Watt, obviously, um, you know, Devin, Devin Bush, um, lot, 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 lot of, lot of good, you know, lot of good players there. So, um, obviously. Um, one not not factored into the the starting line on defense. Uh, um, the Steelers this week did bring back Sean Davis to be the backup. Uh, and they brought him back after he was cut or whatever released. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of safety depth there. Obviously, the big rumor was whether or not they will uh, would allow Minka to kind of roam a la Troy Polamalu. Um, I don't think they really want him to do that, but will they give him the, the freelance to do just that? Um, but yeah, it should be a fun game. Um, 
it's it's we kind of you know stinks it's a little bit it's Monday night because it's like we gotta wait 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 all weekend that's what I I touched upon it's like I really wish they started Sunday at one like I'm so excited for the weekend for for football to start on Sunday and we kind of have to work another day Monday and wait all the way till the game Monday night stay up late watching it although it's a seven o'clock seven fifteen I think so it won't be too bad but it's not the normal Monday night time because it's a double header. But um, then you got to go into work Tuesday, going in after a Monday night loss to work Tuesday kind of stinks. So I'm not a fan of it, but it kind of it is what it is. Uh, Steelers are a big draw, so to start that Monday night is kind of cool because that Monday night double header, header is always kind of fun, and the Steelers haven't been on it since they started doing that, I don't think. So kind of neat to see. Yeah, sorry, Frank, I'm just I'm listening, but uh, we're getting out here to the, the second overtime here. Toronto at 121-119. With the ball, yeah. And then away, shot and nailed it. He nailed it. And I think that'll, I'm pretty sure that might do it right there. Oh, yeah, wow. We're, we're going to see a game seven. The, that was the, that was the dagger. That's the dagger. The dagger. So the Miami Heater, the Lowry? only ones cheering this. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, the Miami Heater saying, um, play a game seven, double overtime, then a game seven. Uh, uh, on It'll be Friday night. Um, that series will probably get going Sunday. So the Miami Heat have this long, long layoff because they knocked out the Bucks last night. So you're looking at a six, six day, uh, five or six day what break. Away by Lowry. He even looked back. He knew that he knew that went in. He even turned around and look. Oh my goodness. Yeah, game what seven, Frankie. I, think, I mean, it's not over, but it's very unlikely Boston would, would, would tie it up right now. Oh wow, this is this is a great about recording during live sporting events. I know. <laughs> The reaction. We should do like a, like a. I do listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts, and they do like they go back on like the WWE Network, and they do like watch alongs like old WrestleManias and stuff. Mm-hmm. We should just do like we should do like a podcast live during a game and just like our reaction to everything. But uh, but back to but back to the the situation at hand, guys. Sorry, we're a little little off focus here, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it it's so hard to forecast the Steelers because they could be like a. A twelve and fourteen, but a ten and sixteen. It's like they could be an eight and eighteen. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. It all depends on your health. I mean, if if Big Ben, I mean, you saw last year, and you mentioned it. This defense is is the strength of this team, and with a full season of Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watts a stud. Yeah. Cam Hay Cam Hayward now, uh, you know, newly newly resigned, uh, signed the extension. Um, their defense is loaded, and if Ben can stay healthy, they went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So, yeah, I think Ben's worth two to three wins, and you're looking at an eleven and five, ten and six team, which is good enough to make the playoffs. And you never know if you get in, you can make some noise. So I'm hoping Ben's elbow's good. I hope he can play all sixteen games. Um, interestingly, we did bring in uh, bring back Josh Dobbs. Yeah. So, if you have in a situation where Ben gets hurt, you're going to have Rudolph or Dobbs uh, being available to both dress and maybe get some time in there because Dobbs knows the system, and I think Dobbs uh, played well here. So we'll have to see. Um, I, I do want to – Boston has a shot here, Bronson. It looks like don't oh, – uh, you're probably going to – don't don't say anything because oh, 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 oh. your feed's ahead. They have a shot yeah, at on. it here. I will almost say they – I don't know about that. So Boston inbounding it here, down three with five seconds to go. Uh, I, by Bronson's face, I see that they didn't tie it. Good point. 
It was a good look by by uh, Marcus Smart. He the inbound pass looked like Christian Leitner back in the day for for yeah. Deep, but and, and he got a shot away. <laughs> he actually got yeah. a. But his foot was on the line, so I don't know if they would have. Uh, okay, wouldn't it, wouldn't have been worth three? That would have been devastating. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, let's look again. Let's look again. I'm gonna see you go on. Five. Have, he, he just chucks. He just chucks it right here. Good catch. Yeah, yeah, that would not have been a three. I don't think he really cares at that point. You know, just get a shot up. But yeah, watch. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe that was a bad angle. Maybe a bad angle. They're yeah. showing it over and over again, like it matters. He missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're the, yeah, hey, it looks like we're going to get some. But yeah, but, but that, yeah. I'm. I have the Steelers schedule up in front of me, Bronson, and just oh, look. No. We can't, we can't do the Mike and the Mad Dog, you know. The win loss, it's a win, loss, win, it's loss. a loss, it's a win. But um, we <laughs> play the we play the NFC East this year, so we have uh, we have Dallas, the Washington Football Team, um, football team, the Giants, obviously Week One, and we have Philly. Okay. It's a it's a tough schedule. We go to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, we have Houston. Um, we have Dallas. Um, we finally don't have New England. It seems like yeah. we play that every year. We go to, coming here. We going to Dallas. We're going to Dallas. Um, I was hoping for a Thanksgiving game, but it's not. It's not going to be. Or, or should I say the Steelers going to Dallas? Because I have a lot of friends who hate when they say the word "we." Because we are not yeah, part of the team. I, I know. I know. Are they are the Steelers going to Dallas? I thought we might play Dallas on Thanksgiving, but we actually play the Ravens. We do have a Thanksgiving game at home. The night game, the NBC night game on Thanksgiving. So the Steelers will play on Thanksgiving. I watched that since uh, Black Friday shut down this year. So <laughs> we have four <laughs> night games. We have a nice, we have a nice smattering. We have the Monday night opener, and we have uh, Thanksgiving night, and we have a Sunday night killed against the Bills in Buffalo, and uh, another Monday night home game against the Bengals. So a couple Monday nighters, couple Sunday nighters. Um, a lot of Sunday oneers this year. Sunday at one, which is my favorite. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of those. So that's interesting. We only have one four o'clock game all year against Dallas. That is interesting. Uh, flex scheduling. We could get bumped to uh, another night game, but I, I like the way the schedule looks this year. Like I said, I I see um, ten and six, eleven and five. Um, Play a playoff run. I think a lot of the pundits like the Steelers this year, and I and see them going far. I heard Ryan Clark, an ex Steeler, this morning uh, on one of the shows. Uh, predict Get up. <laughs> yeah, he says we're going to be right there with the Ravens all year. So I'm excited for that. I think we have enough offense to couple with that defense. I think you're going to see some players emerge, like Deontay Johnson, take a bigger step. He had a great rookie year. I think. I think he takes another step. Um, Juju has to prove that it can be a number one. Yep. Um, can the rookie Chase Claypool be that red zone target Ben's been asking for? Yeah. Um, Eric Ebron's another guy, a free agent signing at tight end who's got gas left in the tank. Who was uh, McFarland? The hot, um, they have uh, Vance McDonald um, yeah. in the tight end group. So uh, they have yeah McFarland, the draft pick, supposed to be a, a, an interesting running back. James Conner has to stay healthy. It's we always say it. Um, 
Is he going to be a guy that can give you 20, 25 touches a game? You got to use Snell. You got to use Samuels. You got to spread the wealth there to keep Connor fresh. Um, I think they have enough enough talent on offense to go with that great defense. It's going to be a top 10 defense, maybe top five defense. They got to keep the takeaways coming. They led the league in takeaways last yeah. year after, after being awful in 2018. They um, rebounded to lead the league in takeaways. If that happens again, I like their chances. You win the turnover battle, you have a chance to win every night. The only, so. thing, the only thing I would say, Frank, is uh, the only thing that's skeptical is probably the offensive line. Right. They're getting older, and right now DeCastro is banged up. He's going to miss Monday night. So Wisniewski, luckily we signed a veteran in Wisniewski that uh, won a Super Bowl last year at the Chiefs. Uh, to fill in there, but Zach Banner is a guy that's going to get the start. He yeah. won the job. He won the job at right tackle, and I'm not not sold on him yet. Um, Chukes Akorafor is the guy that's like competing for that. Another guy that's unproven. So Villanueva is getting up there, and kind of seemed like he got beat by a lot of pass rushers last year. It was kind of ugly. So he has to have a bounce back year at left tackle. Um, DeCastro's got to get healthy and anchor that at right guard. Pouncey's got to stay healthy and be that center that he can always be. Um, I'm just excited. I'm not going to make too many predictions. It's just going to sit, sit back and watch and enjoy. I don't want to cut you off, but you were talking about like surprises. One guy that just it keeps popping in my head, not Steeler-wise, but NFL-wise, I really feel like this is the year that Drew Locke is going to – he's going to really impress some people this year. I've really been high on Drew Locke. I mean, because he came in the draft, I was high on him. But, like, I just – I feel like, you know, with Denver being his team now, you know, he has weapons now. It's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I really see him really taking that next step this year. And He's got the swagger. Solid. You see it on, You see it on the sidelines. He's got the swagger. So, can, yeah. he, back, can he back it up with play? It would be interesting. Is Denver's in a – are they the team that's going to step up and challenge the Chiefs? Yeah. And out of that, that NFC West, the Chargers are good. But they seem to always stub their toe. And Denver plays Pittsburgh this year, right? Yeah, we have Denver this year. So that'd yeah. be it. late in the year, too, we got them. So that could be a yeah. huge game. Talking about playoff seeding. Well, speaking, speaking of which, Frank, uh, Von Miller. Oh, no, it's, sorry. It's actually not late. It's actually the second game. Oh. i got to correct myself. So well, at, right right after the Giants, we do have Drew Locke in the Denver Broncos. And, well, the only good, and the good thing about Pittsburgh, you know, as well for the Steelers, and you're talking about those pass rushers that seem to blow by our tackles. Is that Von Miller might be lost for the year? I didn't get any information. I, yeah, on the I MLI. saw. I I didn't see that it's official, and he's out. He's out for the year. He's having ankle surgery, so that sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I don't really else. I really don't want to get the. I mean, Super Bowl. If you maybe have a pick, Super Bowl pick. I mean, I just don't see. I mean, Kansas City's road now is even. I think it's even cleaner now to come out of the, the AFC. I just. I just see them. I, yeah, as long especially as if they get solid. home field, they're going to get home field advantage. It's going to be—they're the new New England. It's going to be hard to knock off the Chiefs and Arrowhead. Yeah, I would say Tennessee, but I don't trust Tannehill now that he's got the right. steal. That was going to uh, be my 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 sleeper pick, kind of too, to unseat them. But uh, I, I don't think they can get there with Tannehill. Yeah, and I think this year is—I uh, Frank, I have to think. I'm sorry, I have to think this is the the last stand for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, one more year, and then maybe they think about going. The boy, they had Johnny Menzel not work out. If it doesn't work out with Baker, man, just Cleveland. Once I mean, again. I mean, what 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 more can you give the guy? I know they've put a lot around him for sure. And in, 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 in his defense, which I'm not trying to, I mean, he hasn't had a coach for more than a year. Yeah, 
Stefanski's the guy now. It's just a, a kind of a no-name guy they brought in from the Vikings. Can he be the guy that uh, wakes up Baker Mayfield and gets that team back to prominence and uh, winning ways in a playoff spot? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Brian. It's hard to pick. I mean, I, are the Saints going to get there with Breeze one more time? They, uh, you know, they got a lot of talent. They got Michael Thomas. They got Alvin Kamara. Um, a lot of good guys on defense. The, the NFC is really wide open. The AFC, you could probably say it's going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be the Ravens. It's going to be the Titans. We're hoping the Steelers are in that mix. Um, the NFC is more wide open. The Seahawks are kind of a hot pick because everybody loves Russell Wilson. Um, the uh, Of course, Tampa Bay, we're going to have to wait and see bringing in Brady and Gronk and McCoy and Fournette and all the talent that was already there. Um, is Tampa going to make noise? Does, do the Rams get back to their Super Bowl yeah. ways of a few years ago? Um, does Green, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers have anything left in him? He has no weapons around him. We'll see what happens. They didn't draft him any weapons. Two, two big, not kind of more Bronson love stories. And this is a big one. This is an NFL one. Uh, the Washington football team did keep Alex Smith on their roster coming out of camp. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Him, what a comeback. Yeah. Like, wow. especially, almost lo- losing his leg, losing his life almost. Especially, yeah. If, if you, I was just about to say, Frank, if, if any of you watched the Project 11 E60 special, I mean, you all know that you all know the story of Alex Smith's recovery. Um, they did keep him on the roster, and it wasn't really a pity thing. They, the coaching staff did say that they liked his, you know, the limited practice he's had there. You know, it hasn't been anywhere near contact, but. The way he's moving, and like I know the way he was walking, people were a little skeptical. But they said the way he was moving in practice and stuff, you know, it gives some kind of some sort of optimism that maybe he could come back to being an active player. Uh, maybe he's, you know, you know, during the year, if, you know, if teams have, you know, not to say he's, he's not going to play this year, but I'm saying yeah. maybe he's a guy that they could use in terms of of a bargaining chip if they want to trade to a team who, you know, maybe might look to him, you know, to have a, a quarterback, you know. I don't. I, who knows where he goes from here to be a starter to ever playing again? But I, I think it's very encouraging they did keep him on the roster. So yeah, they they said it wasn't for you know a, a pity play. They 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 like what they saw in the limited action they saw they had of him in practice. Um, that's one thing. So we're obviously cheering for Alex Smith. The other one, since Frank and I are big Pitt fans, is that Ben DiNucci came out of camp making the Cowboys. That's crazy. They're thinking he's like a Tony Romo. Uh, they, a lot of people say they remind he reminds him of Romo. So they're trying to capture that. Maybe they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. If uh, if you know if Dak for some reason doesn't sign long term there, could Danucci somehow uh, work his way into that the starting lineup? I don't think so. I mean, it's it's a depth signing, um, late round pick. You know, he didn't finish at Pitt. He went to James Madison <laughs> uh, at the yeah. at the at the FCS level. Um, and really shined there. I was never a fan of his of his motion. He's kind of a sidearm thrower. Um, yeah. But but I say good for him. A guy. I mean, obviously a guy with with a pit history. You still root for. Um, he's a local kid from Pine Richland. So yeah. Um, I hope he. Yeah, I hope he can make the roster eventually become the second string. Um, he's probably going to be third string this year, just like Alex Smith. The third stringers aren't going to get much time. For the pandemic, a lot of teams want to have three, four quarterbacks around in case the virus spreads to like two or three of your guys. Yeah. Um, you, did you see that Josh McCown is going to be the Eagles' third quarterback? I did. I did see at, that. At 41 years old, he's going to live in Texas, watch the game from his couch, and make $12,000 a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be the emergency quarterback. 
Uh, if something happens to Wentz or Jalen Hurts, he played um, well. He, he played well he last would, year. <laughs> he would he would get the call to come back and be your your backup if one if something happens to one of those two. So it's pretty funny. But that's Alex Smith is going to be that kind of emergency third guy. Josh Dobbs is going to be it in Pittsburgh. So um, if if a, an injury happens to your starter or your backup in in practice, um, here here to the third string quarterbacks. I don't have anything right, to drink I mean, for. Keep well, it, cheers keep, to them. Keep a job, but no, we'll get more into it. We'll go week to week. You know, next time Bronson and I get together, we'll kind of we'll break down that weekend's game, kind of talk about where the teams are in the standings, what we've seen so far in the early part of the year, um, what players are emerging. Bronson can talk a little bit about his fantasy team that he's uh he's in a couple leagues this year. I I am not in any leagues. I told Bronson off air. I kind of retired from fantasy football after a lot of frustrating years, but uh. It'll be fun to go through it, but um, we're about nearing the end of our show, and uh, we're at that time of the show where we give our final thoughts. Um, Bronson, I guess I'll go first, and I'm going to actually use my final thought platform tonight to um, sneak in a little college football talk, and that's uh, our Pitt Panthers this year. Um, luckily, the ACC uh, is one of the leagues that has chosen to play um, we saw the Big Ten and the Pac-12 opt out, um, much to the dismay of a lot of their fans, coaches, and players. There's a lot of lawsuits pending and a lot of uh, petitions being signed. Um, apparently in the Big Ten, uh, 11 out of 14 uh, university presidents voted to not play. Um, but athletic directors said that they disagreed with their their university presidents. So a lot of infighting going on there. I know Penn State's AD um, mentioned they didn't even know a vote took place and weren't even asked for their input. Um, so a lot of these uh, university presidents not athletically minded, um, not understanding what uh, football means to these institutions. Uh, it means a lot of money, a lot of prestige, and it's crazy that a couple leagues aren't going to play and uh, other leagues are. It's going to kind of kind of be a messed up season. Some schedule had to get moved around because the MAC canceled their season. Um, Pitt had some Mac opponents on their schedule. Um, so what what ended up happening is the ACC revamped their schedule. They took away the two divisions. It's one through 15. They added Notre Dame, uh, which is interesting. Notre Dame has never been in a conference. So for one year only during the pandemic, they're going to join the ACC, um, which is really interesting because it strengthens that league a lot. Um, kind of a league that's been Clemson heavy and nobody else. And so now there's another stud in uh, Pitt's league in the ACC with Notre Dame. They're on Pitt's schedule. Both of those teams are. We go to Death Valley and Clemson. Um, originally, we were going to miss Clemson, which was going to help. But now Clemson's back on the schedule. We have Notre Dame at home at Heinz Field. Um, Pitt is always that, you know, you hope to win nine, ten games. You just get over that hurdle, be nine and three, ten and two, get ranked in the top 25. I'm realistic and know they're not going to win a national title or go in a college football playoff. <laughs> maybe if they luck into a 10 and two year, maybe a New Year's six bowl, if they can win that coastal division, um, get the Orange Bowl, get the Peach Bowl, get the Cotton Bowl. But uh, now it's an 11 game schedule, only one cupcake, quote unquote, this Saturday. They take on the Austin P governors out of the, the FCS. Um, we had to because the MAC canceled Miami of Ohio um, and, and Marshall um, out of the Conference USA. Those games have been canceled. So we scheduled Austin P, who's already played one game. They're 0 and 1. They played Central Arkansas last week. 
Um, so Pitt opens up this Saturday at four. I won't see the game. It's on ACC Network, so that's a little bit of a bummer. Pitt's a 27-point favorite. They shouldn't have any trouble, but you never know. Um, Pitt come, some, sometimes struggles with these um, lower teams. I remember Youngstown State almost beating them a few years ago. Oh, I was at that game, Frank. I was at that yeah, game. I, I was at that game, too. I didn't even realize you were. Um, I yeah. actually left. I left before the end and had to listen on the radio. Them same. Winning. We left too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, they've lost to Akron in the past. They've lost some bad games, but um, Bowling they green. should start. They should start with a win Saturday, and then it's a, a gauntlet. Then it's a ten-game ACC schedule. Bronson, uh, with I mentioned at Clemson, Notre Dame at home. Um, I think they avoid North Carolina, which is good. They never play them well. They did beat them last year, finally, but uh. Preseason, uh, the experts have Pitt finishing 8th out of 15, right in the middle of the pack, despite returning a lot of starters. Um, I have Pitt at 4th. At I think uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, and North Carolina are the only three teams better than them. Um, I would love to see Pitt finish 4th, 3rd in that conversation in that league. Um, I predict 8-3 and three as, a, as a hopeful. Um, I'm optimistic about 8-3. and three. Um, more realistic is probably seven and four, six and five. Um, but I'm hoping they can go eight and three or at least seven and four in this kind of 11 game schedule. Um, kind of stinks they lose a guaranteed win against maybe Marshall or Miami, Ohio, and Richmond this year. Um, they only get Austin P. But uh, Pitt returning everybody. Jalen Twyman, the star, the new Aaron Donald. The, the anchor of that defensive line has opted out for COVID reasons. Um, he doesn't want to risk this season because he's a projected first round pick. Um, kind of a guy that emerged as a nose guard last year. Like yeah. plays, plays like Aaron Donald kind of studies him, works out with him next season. Um, I'll root for him, of course, to carry that pit legacy and be a first round pick in the NFL. But uh, he would have really made that defense strong with Paris Ford coming back at safety. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick Jones, like, a lot of good players on that defense. I think they're still going to be good. Um, Damar Hamlin's back. Um, offense, they got a good freshman receiver coming in that was highly recruited, Jordan Addison. Kenny Pickett in his senior year. Um, he's got the experience at quarterback. A lot of young running backs. They got to run the ball better, and they need tight end play this year. So there's still some questions for Pitt, but I'm super excited. It's going to be an interesting new year in the ACC to not have division play. They're going to seed them one through 15, and the top two teams make the title game. Um, like I said, I hope Pitt can just be in that conversation, be in the, the, kind of that top five race all year. Um, it'll be fun to see them play Clemson, play Notre Dame, play for the first time in years. So, um, that's that's my final thoughts. Is I'm excited for Pitt football. I'm optimistic about season um, to have college football back on. As as excited as I am for NFL, I'm excited to to root for Pitt this year as well. And I will tee up Bronson for his final thoughts on. I believe we're going to be talking some Penguins. Yeah, well, the stuff that's going on. Your Pittsburgh Penguins, if you are in the Pittsburgh market. Uh, I've been making some moves, making moves, hopefully making million-dollar moves here. Um, Jim Rutherford, obviously, uh, in the exit interview, per se, uh, questioned, you know, maybe the team needed to get younger, a little more hungrier. Um, maybe the, this this current team is resting on its laurels. Um, Jim Rutherford uh, did that in a way. Uh, obviously, we, we talked about the release of the, of the assistant coaches, but uh, he swung a, swung a deal here in the offseason. He acquired Casperi Kapanen. Uh, the guy who the Penguins drafted in the 2014 NHL draft. That was the one in Philadelphia. Um, 
They eventually traded Casper Kevin to Toronto in the Phil Kessel trade. Obviously, that paid dividends. And Casper uh, Kapanen has established into quite an NHL player, albeit he was a little bit buried on the uh, the wonder the wonderful youth in revolt there in uh, in Toronto. So he was kind of buried a little bit under a lot of great players: Marner, Matthews, um, Nylander. Um, I know I'm forgetting someone else. <laughs> uh, so you know, so I think with Toronto he became expendable. And uh, Rutherford, they wanted a, a young, fast winger. He scored 20 goals at the NHL level. Rutherford gave Kyle Dubas a call. They brought him back. Um, they brought him along with, um, I think, a, a defense. Um, I should probably bring that up here so I could see because it's been a couple weeks since I, I looked at the trade. But um, I know going back, uh, the Penguins gave Evan Rodriguez back. Obviously, uh, uh, he was criticized, Rutherford, again, giving up another uh, first round pick this year's first round pick, um, so that goes there. Um, so I, I, I'm still kind of conflicted on it. Although I, I love Casper Kapanen as a player, I don't, I don't, you know, I've never been uh, big, huge, been huge on trading picks. But and if you're in, the, if you're in the win now mode, I, I, I guess then this is this is the move to make. Um, but I'm um, just looking, sorry about that. Just trying to, okay, yeah. So the, the actual deal was uh, he came to the Penguins along with Pontus Aberg. Um, he's playing in the KHL right now, so he'll probably stay over there. And uh, Jesper Lindgren, uh, a defensive prospect who um, kind of has not played up to the par in which he came to, you know, he hasn't played up to the pomp and circumstances that he was uh, expected to play at. The Penguins gave Evan Rodriguez, Philip Hollander, a, a prospect in the Penguins system, which a lot of player, a lot of the fans were not too uh, excited about. David Worsowski, a tweener, uh, you know, an eighth-ninth defenseman in the NHL and a guy who plays in the American League um, in the first-round pick there. So Rutherford not only did that, they brought in, he brought in youth and youth speed and scoring in Casper Kapanen. He, I don't see him playing anywhere but in the top six. Um, he, uh, Jim Rutherford did make two assistant coaching hires in replace of Jacques Martin and Mark Recchi uh, and Gonchar. Uh, Gonchar, as kind of revealed, was let go because uh, he would not relocate to Pittsburgh from Dallas. Uh, him and his family live in Dallas, and they basically didn't want a part-time coach anymore, and, and, and Gonchar was not willing to make the, the, the full relocation to Pittsburgh. So that was part of the reason why he – mostly the reason why he was let go. Um Martin and Rocky were let go. Jacques Martin caught on quickly. He signed with the uh, doppelganger of Mike Sullivan. That's Dan Quinn in New York. So he's the assistant there in the New York Rangers. Two, uh, yesterday it was announced that uh, Lindy Ruff was the new head coach in New Jersey. He hired Mark Recchi to be an assistant there. So Rex will catch on with the New Jersey Devils there. The Penguins reply, uh, 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 responded by uh, hiring um, uh, Mike Volucci. He was the, uh, the he was the head coach in, with Wilkes-Barre. And... Um, I mentioned earlier, Todd Reardon was let go as head coach of the Washington Capitals. The second he was let go, it was widely reported that maybe he would come back to the Penguins because a lot of good, a lot of Penguins defensemen really have prospered under Todd Reardon. Uh, Chris Letang had his best year ever as a player under Todd Reardon. Only modest early development was was tied to Todd Reardon. Any any Penguin player who came through the system, Brian Dumoulin really made some strides under Todd Reardon. Anybody who's who uh, played under Reardon when he coached here. Swears by Todd Reardon um, in terms of helping them develop their defense. Um, Matt Niskanen was a big one of that. He he prospered well in Pittsburgh, which ultimately got on the, the big deal with the Capitals and then 
Reardon, of course, followed him there to Washington. But he was hired back as a Penguins assistant coach. He will uh, he will help the power play like he did last time he was here. And it is widely known that Sid really loved the way Reardon ran the power play, mostly because he let Sid kind of play where he wants to play. And and the power play was at its at, was at its most was kicking at its most uh, effectiveness when when Reardon was here. I think it was twenty something percent on the power play. Um, during the Bosma era. So the Penguins are hoping that, you know, maybe some of that past success will follow Todd as he comes here to be the assistant coach. One thing I will say, Frank Rutherford did tell Josh Yoey that he doesn't necessarily think that he might be done hiring an assistant, all the assistants yet. And from what that means is that maybe if there could be a third spot open, that, that Rutherford Matt Cullen. <laughs> well, no, I, I think the whole Cullen thing was that I think that I don't think they want him because I don't think he's willing to relocate from North Dakota where he lives at. And so if they, if they got rid of Gonchar for the same reason, I don't think they, they would hire Cullen for that same reason. But no, what I was, I was alluding to is that maybe another guy that Rutherford has his eye on might still be employed by a team currently in the NHL playoffs. So maybe he might see if something becomes available. If one of these teams get eliminated, maybe, maybe he has a guy he's pinpointing or, I think he's comfortable with two, but if that third guy becomes available, maybe he will be hired as well. <clears throat> in the meantime, the two big questions, and obviously a lot of offseason questions of the Penguins, but obviously the goaltending controversy will still be the, on the top of the list. Both goalies due to hit restricted free agency, although Jari will be the easier to keep among the two. Um, Rutherford, according to reports, has had offers for Matt Murray from the likes of Colorado, He's been talking to Edmonton, uh, Calgary, um, so teams in the West there. The teams needing goaltending. I know, obviously, there's some other uh, possibilities for him for um, Matt Murray to maybe go to a place like, you know, Detroit or or Carolina. Um, but Colorado has been the one that's really been talked about a lot. Um, and then the question becomes, you know, if it is Matt Murray, what do you get, in, you know, back from a Frank? And I think, you know, knowing how the Montreal uh, St. Louis still just happened last week for Jake Allen, they got Jake Allen to come in and back up Carey Price. They gave up a third, and then they swapped sevens with St. Louis. So if they could get a third for Jake Allen, the the market would be that you probably could get more for that than a you know, for a two time Stanley Cup winning goaltender. Um, so, I mean, the only thing, the only snag is that whoever trades for him then will have to, to go into the RFA negotiations with Matt. And obviously he'll want a, you know, a big deal. Uh, another, another little tidbit, you know, for Penguin fans is due to all this, the, the drama in, in, in Vegas between DeBoer, Marc-Andre Fleury, the whole, apparently Fleury was led to believe when they acquired uh, Robert Leonard that, that he was still going to be the guy. And ultimately DeBoer lied to him and went to Leonard. So it's widely known that Flurry's not happy. I don't know if he entirely had anything, you know, if he entirely was the the the, the brainchild behind the the Alan Walsh tweet of uh, the the sword going through Flurry's back <laughs> and the sword the, the DeBoer name on it. But there could be talks that maybe the the, the Golden Knights could shop Mark Andre Flurry. I don't think there'd be much of a market for him, Frank, because obviously of the huge deal. There's still a good what two years on it, I think, or you you know, so maybe they they would buy him out and just take the the two million a year in dead cap hit, and then he would hit free agency, and then maybe the you know if he wanted to come to back to Pittsburgh, maybe it would be at a, at a at a cheaper, more affordable price. But then again, if he's here, if they trade Murray, they bring him in. Are you putting undue pressure on Jari? The minute he lets in a bad goal, 
the minute something goes wrong. The Flurry's a fan favorite. The Penguins will want Flurry to, to play. And if you're bringing him in here, yeah, you're bringing him as a backup, but I think you're more bringing him in as a 1A. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's he's going to be – I think he wants out of Vegas because he feels he can be a starter, so why would he go to a team that he would exactly. not be the starter? He'd either, he would either be a 1A or a 1 if he comes here. So, I mean, these, I mean, it's a lot of hypotheticals. As Mark Madden put it this week, and I agree, I think it's even more – he said it's a less than 50-50. I think it's less than a sixty forty. I just it's it's fun to think about now, but I think Mark would want to go somewhere where he can start. And the whole market for Murray Frank is the fact that there is going to be a market for goaltenders. As I look here, you know, um, Ilya Sansonov will probably be the starter in Washington. Holby will will, will probably walk. He probably has played his last game as a Capital. So you know, with Murray out there, you know, it's a, it's it's a trading situation for Matt Murray. But I'm looking here, according uh, according to CapFriendly.com, the UFA market of goaltenders. Your top 10 goaltenders are Holpe 1, Corey Crawford 2, Robin Leonard 3, and he might skyrocket You know the way mm-hmm. Vegas is playing in the playoffs. Craig Anderson is reliable, I guess. And I see Frank shaking his head. <laughs> He's gonna... a lot of easily injured a lot. Yeah, that's true. Jimmy Howard 5, eh. Uh, who knows? Jacob Marks from Frank Sky is sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vancouver did say today they they would they were going to try to keep him. They do want to keep Markstrom. Thomas Grice is out there, and then you get to the the Mike Smiths and the Cam Talbots and the Brian Elliotts. Um, Anton Kadoman could easily cash out this summer, you know, with the way mm-hmm. he's been playing with Dallas. So there are other alternatives for for the goaltending position that doesn't require a trade. But you'd have to think of him like Colorado, maybe Edmonton, Calgary. A, a team with young stars that just needs go, good goaltending to go over the top. You know, you you know, who knows? I mean, all you need is one team to be interested in. Maybe you can drive the market up. And obviously, I know you have to trade for him and go through the RFA negotiations, Frank, but you could perhaps lock up a guy that, you know, there's going to be teams and guys in the hockey ops department who think that Matt Murray, you know, maybe just had a bad couple of years and maybe he could be back to the goalie he was before. Um, so, you know, it's funny, GMs of any sport always think more about the good than they do about the bad. So they see a two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender, and, and he's, and he's still very young. So that's the thing I think mm-hmm. GMs are going to look at as well as it is. So those are kind of your stories there in Pittsburgh. Um, what, um, it's interesting what will happen when free agency hits in November. What will happen where, where teams are going? I assume that they'd want to get the Murray thing done before free agency starts because I think the more it goes into that, obviously – uh, the more, you know, the more, what's the word, you know, kind of dicey it gets there, Frank. So that's all I have on the Penguins. Stay tuned to that. Obviously, NFL season and NBA seasons, you know, the playoffs are continuing there. But I wanted to end the I wanted to end the uh, the show by uh, stumping Frank with a trivia question. Uh, this is going to be oh, a this is the Frank's looking forward to this. I thought, you know, we are next level nerd. Um, and I figure some people who don't really watch sports too much will enjoy this too. So this is a hockey trivia question. Oh, hockey's not my strong suit. Okay, okay. It's not, not starting out good. It's a hockey <laughs> trivia question, but it has to do with TV. Okay. So Frank Conti and the fans here, you, you can follow along at home. There, this is a, this is for you guys. I'm sure Nico and Justin will get a kick out of I'm this. I'm not gonna Google this, it. Here's my this, phone. It's like, no, I, I, Frank doesn't even know the question. Yeah, uh, next level. This is next level nerd for all of you here. So, Frank, in the Full House episode, Nice Guys finished first. 
This was broadcasted live on November 24th, 1992 on ABC. There was an episode in which Joey and Jesse are on the Rush Hour Renegades. And Joey comes face to face with an old rival. It was a hockey goalie who had tortured Joey in his hockey playing career. I remember it. My question to you is, what was the name of the guy, of the goalie, who played him, and what's the, the tidbit of the guy who played him? This It's going to kill me. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know they called him, like, the stone wall or the brick wall. Okay, that's half. No, no, you got half. That was yeah, his, his mask was a... It's Stonewall. Binkley? Like something? Yes. Bink- yeah. Stonewall Binkley. And that's a nod. Maybe it was a nod to the first Penguins goaltender, Les Binkley. Maybe. I don't know his first name. I know it was Binkley. They don't, they don't, they don't ever credit him with an actual first name. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, this part, I, I admit, I don't know anything about the actor or what, what okay. is interesting about the actor. I've never, I didn't recognize. He kind of looks like, um, he, he kind of looks like a, a hockey analyst now that I think about it. Do you have any guess at who it might be? Um, uh, it's on the t- Moriarty. Dan Moriarty. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy. Is that is right? He's a monster. <laughs> I swear I didn't look it up. I know you didn't know this. I told that him just I was- came, it came to the tip of my tongue. Well, I got him I- all right. I will say, guys, I really thought Frank. I did. I did kind of think he might get it. So yes, Joey's nemesis, and he does beat him at the end of this program. This is when uh, Becky and Uncle Jesse do the 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 play by play of the game, and then Becky had to leave, and then Jesse calls the game, and he doesn't do anything about hockey. And Becky's from he Nebraska. Throws, he throws the papers up in the air. <laughs> Becky and, must be a Jake Jake Gensel fan at Nebraska Omaha, yeah. the, the hockey she, hotbed out there. All her brothers played hockey, so Becky was a hockey encyclopedia. But Joey does get the the game winning goal against Stonewall Binkley, played by played Dan Moriarty. Ching cha ching. Dan Moriarty, <laughs> and we and most hockey fans know Dan Moriarty. He was an analyst, but he used to do this NHL All Access like videos and DVDs and stuff. He would take you behind the scenes, like the playoffs and like the drafts and stuff. He did the one with Sidney Crosby. So I know that that was not a setup because I did not tell Frank any because I didn't want him to know anything about this question. But I know Frank is a full house aficionado. So I thought it would be fun to throw hockey and full house into a. a I don't a, know. Honestly, I don't know how. I, I, I pictured his face in my mind. And I'm like, now that I think about it, it does look like that it one. It was Dan Moriarty. Yes, and, he and played. It, just, it came so to me. I, that's the way my mind works. I, I kind of <laughs> have a, a a good memory, like a photographic memory, and that's how I, like, I, I that's how I remember a lot of the trivia questions. And, I'm, on, uh, Bron- I'm on the IMDb page, and like I've seen the pictures of the episode. <laughs> and then you can buy yeah, episode, you can buy the episode on Prime for for two dollars if you want to buy it. I have the I have <laughs> the whole DVD set, so I, I, I can go back and well, watch it, it. It is the it is. Uh, do they have like a season? It's season six, episode nine of Full House. So there you go. We can watch it. Maybe maybe in a podcast, Frank and I can, can watch that episode and, and, and go through it. But I I'm like I'm like laughing. I'm almost kind of giddy per se that Frank just guessed that. And I believe him that he actually guessed. <laughs> He's a nerd, but I was like, I'm gonna get him on this. But I got- thought I would get I thought I would get Binkley and Stonewall, but not the actor's name. That yeah. it just it, it literally popped in my head. Pretty, it was it was funny. 
But yeah. I'll have to think. I, this this should be a new bit. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll dig out a good trivia question for Bronson yeah. next time. Well, I had to give Frank his A at sports, and I know like Frank and my friend John Young are like full house aficionados. Uh-huh. If I took John, Frank, and myself, I don't think anyone would beat us in any full house trivia ever on planet Earth. There is no one. There is no one that would ever touch us unless you have your no- pal, your your pal Jameson Burnworth too, who I still oh, hang yeah. out with. It, Big Full House fan. He's like watched all the reruns. He he knows them all too. He knows the names of the episodes and what uh-huh. happens. And uh-huh. he, he's tough to beat. He's tough I will to beat too. I got. I had. A, I found a really cool deal on, on uh, Family Video. Was going out of business here in Newcastle. I got like all the seasons of Full House, but I've never watched an episode. So I need to like dive into the DVDs and watch the mm-hmm. Full House. But yeah, that's it, guys. I don't want to keep you much longer, but. Maybe this is a segment we'll keep on the show, but I'm I'm like laughing the Frank got that, but uh, that is it. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm so proud. Dan Moriarty, the guy who hosts all the NHL All Access videos and stuff, was was in fact Stonewall Binkley who tortured Joey as a hockey rival, but he Joey gets his revenge at the end of the episode. So there you go. And Frank, you wrap the show up, my friend. Well, Bronson, it was a great show. Um, apologize for going a little long out there, folks, but um, we had a lot to cover. Um, we look forward to being back with you soon to talk more NFL. Um, maybe the next time we get on, we'll just wrap up what's going on in the NHL playoffs and uh, really, really go on what's happening with the Steelers and early on in the NFL season. So enjoy all the hockey playoffs, all the basketball playoffs, folks. Um, enjoy watching NFL this this weekend, uh, tomorrow night's opening night. And uh, Sunday, of course, the the full slate of games and the Steelers Monday. So we just hope you have a great time and enjoy sports as much as we do. Um, once again, I, I thank my partner, Bronson Allman. Thank everybody at Next Level Nerd. Um, Mrs. Frank has to get a shout out again. My wife, Katie, uh, who does the editing and puts the show, uh, converts it to audio for us and gets it out there on the on the all the, all the platforms. So thank you to her. And um We will check you next time. Thanks, everybody. Good night, Bronson. Take care. All right, Frank. Good night, guys. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.